begin transmission. Hello, everybody, and happy May the 4th to all of you out there. It is officially Star Wars Day. And today on Outer Rim Transmission number 57, we have a very special show for you guys. We are doing a commentary for the film that kicked it all off, Star Wars A New Hope, Episode 4. We are watching tonight. We're going to be using Disney+, Plus, so we'll give you guys a few minutes right off the bat to get situated if you are watching it with us live. We're going to have a hopefully nice, lively discussion as we watch through a movie that we all know and love so much and that we could probably recite line from line from line in this movie <laughs> at this point. But uh, yeah, so that's what we're doing tonight. But first of all, it's May the 4th. We're going to go around the room and just talk about, hey, what do we do for May the 4th? Anything out of the ordinary? Because we're all hardcore Star Wars fans, so most of us are, me, Ben, and Milton are probably enjoying some kind of Star Wars every day anyway, regardless. But hey, let's talk about, was there anything out of the ordinary? Coworkers, you know, talking to you about it, something like that. I'll start off with Milton, man. How's it going, Milton, first of all? I'm good, man. Uh, it's good to be back. Um, as for my Star Wars for today, um, honestly, nothing too crazy except for my boss. It's funny. She did come into my office and say, like, happy Star Wars Day. And then we had a, a Zoom meeting with our big staff. was of, like, 50 people. We had a presenter come in. And at the end of the presentation, because our boss is really, like, awkward like that, she's like, okay, guys, time, time to end the meeting. But also happy uh, uh, May the 4th Day to everyone. And everyone started <laughs> chuckling. So I was like, okay, that's kind of cute. Like, she she got some that's points. Great. So. I know, right? We all have those coworkers, right? Because I walk into work today, and as always, like one of these trainers is calling me Star Killer. I should just get, a, I should just get a jacket that's the Star Killer on the back or something, because there's yeah. at least two or three of my coworkers that call me that. And then I immediately like shot back. I was like, "Did you know today's Star Wars Day?" I was like, "Happy May the Fourth." He's like, "Oh, really?" I was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." So, and then another <laughs> point, my other, my other, like uh, I guess the head of charge of me was like hey like may the fourth be with you and he's like i've been waiting all day for you to say that to me i was like That's of course he would tell me that but yeah so we we had a lot of fun um just talking about some star wars but again me and my coworkers usually talk about star wars at least a little bit every day anyway so it's not that much out of the ordinary but it, it's cool to see that um and a lot of the workplaces it's on the news now right may the fourth used to, may the fourth used to be like just among hardcore fans and to see it since like, I guess really since Lucasfilm acknowledged it back in 2020 with like the finale of the clone wars having like, okay, Lucasfilm is officially, you know, taking note of this thing. It's not just a fan run thing. And then the last year is the bad batch this week. We'll just give a real quick, like five minute segment on Obi-Wan Kenobi trailer. Um, Cause that's mm. huge, but yeah. So, Hey man, that's cool. That's cool. Uh, what about you, Ben? Anything out of the ordinary? Uh, with your usual Star Wars experiences for today specifically? Yeah, I mean, I got up at, at 4.30 this morning, and I got a workout in, and, you know, I just made a point uh, to listen to, you know, I just found an old George Lucas interview to listen to. It was just pretty good, just him talking about Star Wars. So that was a nice, like, little, you know, relaxing way to start the day while I was doing my cardio. I mean, it was it was a, uh, it was was a an old one. I'm sure plenty of many of you have seen it. It was the, it was the old um, interview from, like, God, 77. It was it was the one, um, you know, right after A New Hope when he was still really young. It, it was a, it's a really good interview. It's like 35 minutes long if you ever look it up on YouTube. Um, that was super good. You know, just him talking about his philosophies and stuff. And, you know, just a really, um, really good, interesting interview. So I did I listened to that when I was working out. And then I, uh, you know, as I mentioned before our call, 
you know, I literally have been talking Star Wars all day. So, like, I had a two and a half hour phone call with one of my good friends, pretty much. And then I talked on the phone, you know, for another two and a half, three hours to um, another uh, Star Wars friend of mine. And then me and my cousins, we pretty much talked Star Wars all day from two, three this afternoon until around seven or seven or so tonight. And then even even during all that, like, you know, I have, I have friends and other people texting me. And, uh, yeah, and then my dad, like, who who doesn't really care about Star Wars at all, like, he texted me just out of nowhere day and said, May the 4th. I said, okay, thanks. <laughs> so, um, so, you know, it's just been a Star Wars day, like, all day today. And it's, it's just all, I mean, I mean, us as Star Wars fans, every day is Star Wars day. So it's just cool, like, seeing the, um, uh, just, like, I guess, general audience or, like, people who wouldn't normally talk about Star Wars, you know, just bring up Star Wars and, like, their daily lives and stuff. So I, I, uh, I really find that a lot of fun. And heck, even on, you know, sports networks, like NFL network, they talked about it a little bit this morning, just because like the host, you know, one of the hosts is a star Wars fan. So they of course right. had to like razz them about it. So like, you know, it, it's just, uh, it's cool seeing like star Wars talked about across like a variety of platforms and, you know, just a variety of um, audiences really. Yeah. Heck yeah. I, it's funny that you mentioned just the random, uh, thing from your father about about <laughs> may the 4th because i had a similar thing with i was just at work and then my aunt just texts me out of the blue and says happy may the 4th and i was like whoa of all people i wasn't expecting her to tell me that and then i was like go and i literally said an explanation point i was like go watch the star wars movie tonight and she just yeah, laughed like, <laughs> well see that that's how it was like with my dad um you know he texts like he's not a texter at all like he's he's just a caller if he wants to he always goes, you know, it's just quicker for me to call you and just talk to you than wait for you to respond through a text. So, like, him just texting me out of the blue like that, I, I was like, huh, I wonder what something's up. And I looked down and all it says is May the 4th. And I'm like, oh, yeah, thanks. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, it's, just, it's great seeing uh, people like that get involved that just, you know, quite frankly, just don't really care about Star Wars or don't really have much of an interest. You know, they're like, oh, hey, let's let's tell the people you know about Star Wars, like, happy May the 4th, because it means something to them. So that's that's always a really cool thing, um, you know, that other people think of us, like, uh, us in the family, when it comes to, you know, being the Star Wars fan of the family and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, as far as for me, I, yeah, I got up really early today, too, knowing that it wasn't just Star Wars, but we had the last episode of Moon Knight, so I made sure I watched that. But, yeah, I watched the Book of Boba Fett uh, documentary, The Gallery. So we'll be talking about that in detail next week. But I really enjoyed that. I also tried to jump into the Fortnite Star Wars event because apparently they brought back, like, all the costumes you could buy. They also have, like, in-game, like, blaster rifles and lightsabers you can use. And I literally played one round because I really didn't have a lot of time. And, of course, I get killed by somebody with Kylo Ren's lightsaber. And I was that was it for mm -hmm. me. I was, I was right. dead within, like five minutes because i haven't played that game in, in so long i didn't even know where i was going uh, then i decided to jump into lego star wars because apparently we were going to get the packs for uh mandalorian season two in the bad batch but i guess it didn't update so i was just like okay i'll just run around for five minutes and then i got off of there um and then of course we'll talk about i, I watched kenobi um the trailer sorry I, I wish i could say i watched the kenobi first episode yeah. but i wait another three weeks and two days for that but uh, that that's kind of where we'll we'll go in real quick because we're gonna do a much deeper dive on that and who knows maybe we'll get even more context on some of the video by by some things next week where we'll have a much lengthier discussion. But I haven't heard too much from Milton about this uh, yet today. But I'm gonna throw it over to you. What was your first reaction uh, to the Kenobi trailer, man? I liked it. 
uh, I think it did what they needed to do. Um, I know you weren't a huge fan of it. I know you liked it, but you weren't like enthused about it, Chris. Um, and I get your points. Obviously, I think one thing I think we do agree upon it was short. Um, I was thinking because when I saw the initial title or I think the press for it, it said full trailer. I'm thinking, oh, at least through about three minutes. Yeah. You know, but I feel like a lot of trailers nowadays are being like that on purpose, especially for TV shows or miniseries. Mm-hmm. Like we'll get a minute and a half instead of traditional three minutes. Um, but for this one, it did what it did. We we know the Inquisitors are hunting Kenobi. They made it very clear that they know he's alive. Um, obviously, I forget who the main Inquisitor is going to be. The chick. Reba. What's her name? Okay, Reva. Reva. And we learned yeah. today like she, she's the third sister, apparently. Yeah, but I, but I think we know she's going to be like the main one we'll focus on. But she said a lot of good things in this trailer that talked about, obviously, that you can't escape him. So we know she's talking about Vader. Unless they're trying to trick us and say, no, the Grand Inquisitor is looking for you. But that, in- that indicates that Vader is on the, the hunt for Kenobi. He knows he's around. And obviously, I love how they tease Vader. We didn't need to see him because we know he's in the show. Um, so I just felt the trailer did what it needed to do. I wish it was another minute longer. But I'm excited for it. I haven't really even been reading or watching anything on Kenobi lately. So like I told you guys today, this show cannot be trash. Because if it is, we're going to be fighting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that yeah, you, you kind of gloss over my or you went over my my thoughts. Kind of yeah, a little bit shorter. That's the thing with the TV trailers is I feel like it's marketed completely differently because like they 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 don't need people to go out and watch this show day one, right? Because it's just a subscriber base. It's not like they're trying to win an opening box office weekend with Doctor Strange, March, you know, Multiverse of Madness needs to make two hundred billion dollars opening week. They don't need to show anything enticing because they got people hooked once the the word of mouth spreads, and that's how these TV shows usually go. Um, as far as I'm concerned, I, I I really wanted to see Darth Vader because I mean I'm looking at this from the casual fan. I introduced um, my coworker actually. We sat down and I was like. Oh yeah, there's a Kenobi trailer. We watched it together, and 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 I'm looking at him as a, as a casual fan, and he had no idea that there was even a Kenobi series like out, coming soon. He had no idea like where it was set. <laughs> he like, <laughs> I was like, this is why you need Darth Vader in the trailer because you gotta show Darth Vader fighting Obi Wan for the casual fans or like this is gonna get people excited. Yeah, they showed the chest piece. Yeah, they showed the robotic arm. But I still, and maybe they'll hold it for like a TV spot. You know, they put out like 20 of those 30-second TV spots. But other than that, I'll talk about the good. That was just my initial impression was like, oh, man, I really wanted to see Vader. Boo-hoo. I'll get over it in three weeks. But for the <laughs> rest of the trailer, the things that hit me hard was the dialogue. Hearing Reva talk was pretty cool. Hearing Obi-Wan talk about running away. And then that interchange between, that exchange between him and Owen Lars was a sick burn, man. I need to train him. And he's like, basically, we, we've seen how that went with your other Padawan. Like, ow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was, that, that, and that's one of those compelling parts, right? Is that inner dialogue between these characters. I feel like that's going to be very strong from a Star Wars perspective where we're used to a lot of action, a lot of drama in that sense. But uh, I think this is going to go a little bit deeper. It's more of a character story and study on Obi-Wan Kenobi and to see that personality of his and how he's struggling. I think there's going to be multiple uh, faces to that of, of, of the character of Ben Kenobi. And the other part that I really liked, and you brought this to my attention, is that there might be a 4 uh appearance 
Um, I, I like stuff like that. I like those little yeah. tidbit Easter eggs. I noticed that the Purge Trooper redesign are in there. I'm like, oh, wow. You know, anything connected to the Jedi Fallen Order? I showed you guys that Purge Trooper I bought like three weeks ago. Sitting up there, I, I I eat up anything with that kind of content, that can, interconnected canon content. So I can't wait for that. But the fact that Reva was like, I don't care who needs to bring in Obi Wan. Like, bring in the scum and villainy. Bring in the bounty hunters. I need everybody to get this guy. And they even show like his face on that on like that wanted list, which I thought was really cool. But yeah, so far really dug it. I'll throw it over to you, Ben. Oh yeah, I I really like the trailer overall. Um... I thought it was really good. It, you know, as John Campy always says, did it did it make you more excited for the show? And my answer is yes. So, you know, it did its job. Um, and, you know, I was really thinking about it when both of you were talking about the length of the trailer. You know, I think something that we didn't even uh, have on the table until, I mean, I just bring this up. I, I think they're making these trailers this short because it's marketable for social media, because think it's always one minute clips, 30 second clips, 45 second clips. So I feel like they're making these trailers short because of social media, specifically like Instagram, Twitter, uh, TikTok, like all of these, the videos that are available on these platforms are 45 to 60 seconds long. And that's what, you know, most of these trailers are around that 60 second length nowadays. And I feel like that's probably part of it, honestly. So that's just a quick thought there. Um, and in terms of the trailer's um, content itself, yeah, I really liked it. Like you have, you have, we see more Kenobi. We, um, we obviously see him in action, which I think was really great. You know, using a blaster. I thought that's, that's awesome. Um, you know, as you mentioned, Chris, hearing, hearing Reva like yell out, like that was, you know, it's great seeing her out and about. I think with her, I'm getting the vibes. I mean, I, I know, I know a decent amount about the show, but not everything. But if I had to like make an educated guess, maybe, maybe could this be like her first kind of like, I guess you would say like Sith Inquisitor mission. So that's why she's going all out with the bounty hunter angle. You know what I mean? Like, so maybe this is her first like big like test or trial. I mean, I guess trial if you think of it like anti, like the anti Jedi way, but like more of like a, her first big trial potentially or a big mission. Um, because yeah. I really have. I, I don't know. I feel like I have the feeling I think she's going to end up being like the main I, like I feel like we're going to see her way more than all the other Inquisitors. Yeah. Um, I'll cut in there real quick, Ben, because yeah. I don't know if the numbering system has anything to do with like the amount of time you've spent with the mm -hmm. Inquisitors, right? You have all these different number of people. The the fifth True. brother, the 10th, the 10th, uh, whatever. Ninth yeah. sister, all these people. Well, technically, she's a third sister, so I don't know if that means that she's been there for quite a yeah. long. Because I, I know we have second sister, maybe then Grand Quizzer is like the first person. Who knows? We don't know too much about who got hired by who, whatever. But um, no, that's a good thought about like she's trying to rise up and show her potential to Vader, you know, and maybe yeah. even the Emperor wants to get noticed and then needs to get this done any way possible to think about outside the box. Oh, yeah. Well, th well, that's another thing to think about, too, when it comes to the trailers. Like, maybe, you, you know, because all these Inquisitors, of course, they want to impress Vader. So, you know, she would want to not go around the Grand Inquisitor and the other Inquisitors, but, you know, maybe make herself look better to Vader. So maybe he promotes her higher up in the ranks or, like, you know, get more Imperial clout. So I thought her, her whole um, progression through the trailers has been really good. And, and I feel like natural, like, she's turning into a good natural threat for the series as an extra threat on top of Darth Vader, which is nice because, 
you know, you have to have, you know, we come into the show, of course, wanting Kenobi and Vader, but you can't, in my opinion, you can't have Vader um, just basically being devastating for six episodes straight because that just wouldn't work. Um, just because, like, you know, what's he going to do? Go planet to planet just wiping things out. Like, you know, you have to have some type of a buildup. So uh, I feel like Reva's a good in-between character. And then, again, just seeing more of Obi-Wan and Owen and, you know, getting some of their dialogue. And I just feel like this trailer just really set the tone more for the show. So I feel like, you know, those are my overall thoughts. We'll get into it next week uh, as we dive into the whole breakdown itself. But, yeah, I feel like good trailer. Raised our excitement. Did its job. Heck yeah. So as we mentioned, we'll get into that in more depth and along with all the other news stories that came out today and for the future on next week's podcast, which we'll be returning to our normal Friday night at 9 p.m. Eastern. But we thought it was as good a time as any to do our New Hope commentary with everybody live because we figure most people are probably going to try to watch some Star Wars movie. So why not watch the film that started it all? And that's literally the next one on our list. So we couldn't have planned it better than that it, it didn't plan out that way it was just like oh let's do it now why not uh but before we get started just some housekeeping here if you are watching us live you could always watch us after the fact you could always listen to us after after the fact by searching outer room transmission we are on any podcast streaming service whether you use apple spotify or google or more you'll find us on there and please give us a rate and share it with all your star wars buddies out there and if you're listening to us you can always find us on the star raptor youtube channel as i said where we usually go live every friday at nine o'clock eastern for those of you that are watching live i do have super chats enabled which is pretty much like a tip jar for the channel so do appreciate anything there so as we cue this up i am watching it on disney plus so basically if you're watching along with us Hit the play button and slide it all the way to the end where it says zero, zero, zero. And if you guys are ready, we're going to just start it up and we're going to just give a countdown of three. You guys ready? Mm, yep. Ready, Milton? Give me give me one second. No worries. No worries. Actually, yeah, one second. Hold on. All right. Good now call. I'm ready. Good, good call there, Milton. I actually hit fast forward. Okay. Let's, yeah. There we go. <laughs> All right, I'm, I'm good whenever you are with the countdown, Chris. All right, yeah. three, two, one. Here we go. Any idea, right, with any of these podcasts, with the commentaries, is we've all watched these movies so many times that you guys can kind of get an understanding of where we are and just having a conversation and discussion around relevant areas in the film. Not saying we're going to be talking about every little scene that pops up, as you guys have seen, but... Uh, here we go, A New Hope, I, the film that started it all. I mean, realistically, like, the funny thing is with a commentary like this, you know, we're sitting here, of course, watching it on our on our devices, and everybody's watching them on their TVs at home. Well, let's be real. All of us, like, hardcore Star Wars fans, we could basically lay out A New Hope shot by shot um, right. as it is. Like, you know, we could, we could easily do a, a, a podcast. Like, or I feel like a lot of fans could easily sit down and just discuss the whole movie almost shot for shot. I mean, you know, oh, yeah. we, 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 I mean, you're not probably wrong. one of the most viewed Star Wars movies, I would yeah. I would assume. Well, I've, I've always felt this one's the most complete out of all the Star Wars films because really this has a true beginning, a true middle, and a true end. You know, like yeah. we – obviously Vader gets away at the end and survives. Spoilers. But like <laughs> um, – yeah. yeah. If you have – spoil – wait a minute. Freak that. This movie's been out for 40-plus years. There ain't no spoilers <laughs> here. 
Anyways, um, but no, like, you know, Vader gets away at the end, obviously, but, you know, we didn't know that in 1977 when this came out. Well, adults at the time didn't know we weren't born yet. But yeah, true middle, true beginning, true end, which is, I think this is why a lot of people appreciate this film. Um, and I've learned to appreciate this film as I've gotten older. Oh, yeah. I- I'm always curious about what film to introduce new audiences with, right? Do you go for A New Hope or do you go for The Phantom Menace? And I feel like some kids might feel like they're a little bit bored by this movie versus The Phantom Menace, which has Jar Jar, which mm-hmm. is enough to keep kids engaged, I feel like. But, right. yeah, I mean, it doesn't get better than this. I mean, I none of us were there when it came out originally, but uh, they always you always hear the people talking about how the Star Destroyer just, you know, just completely dwarfs that that blockade runner and just terrifyingly mm-hmm. just goes forward, man. Right. I mean, what's, what's nice about this shot, obviously, I'm sure people at the theater at the time were like, oh, my God, what am I seeing? But that's a model, people. Like, that's a yep. model. That Like, I love that because, you know, people could think that CGI now with how it's more cleaned up, but that's very much a 13-foot or whatever it is model of a Star Destroyer. Yeah. And having just played through Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga, it's just like, oh, yes, I've taken apart many Lego Stormtroopers at this moment. And, and, and that's the thing with us now, right? There, we have so much context for so many different areas of this movie because everything spins out from here, whether it be video games, whether it be Rogue One, a Star Wars story, whether it be the comics, the books. This is the epicenter of Star Wars right here. Well, yeah, I mean, just think, Vader just got done slaughtering all those rebel troops. Like, yeah. you know, we're, we're, we're just bouncing off a of Rogue One, and, you know, now we're hopping into this. And, like, this whole, this whole sequence, I would say, like, for me, for me as a kid, first getting introduced in this movie, I, I've talked about it several times on this podcast. Like, you know, my grandma first introduced me to this movie back when I was about six years old, five, six years old. It was before, actually, it was about six years old, because it was before, um, um, episode one came out and she was like, well, I got to get you into star Wars. And, you know, I was like, okay, you know, me being like a six year old, I was, you know, I probably was like, okay. And the thing, you know, that hooked me the most was seeing Darth Vader here, here soon, here in a, um, a couple minutes. And, you know, that I, I feel like a new hope that's part of like what captured the audience, you know, back then, like, you know, was the scale of the ship, as you mentioned, Milton. And then this whole intrigue of like who the heck's invading this yeah. ship and then you get this pig menacing guy come walking out like right right no you're not wrong and, and obviously I, I think before rogue one or even before i mean return of the jedi because i feel like those are his two best entrances this obviously was that interest for him you know we we're like hey this guy like he must be a badass and he clearly yep. is you know as, as a character um but I, I love how he's weathered his look is look how close mm-hmm. his armor is weathered yeah. And that and that lines up perfectly now if, if you think about it now with okay he just went through a skirmish with, within the Rogue One film now his armor's a little dinked up a little bit I'm because I'm sure some blaster bolts ricocheted off of him but mm-hmm. it kind of lines up pur- purposely unless they intentionally wanted to do it that way I don't know but I think it's awesome that he looks kind of run down a little bit in the sense of his armor isn't shiny. And that's the great thing about George Lucas creating this this Star Wars movie is everything was used. Look at C-3PO. It's just like corroded, just oily armor. Oh, yeah. And that's what sets it, itself up from things like 
all the other science fiction that was out at the time, and it gave Star Wars like, right. oh, what is this? Like we haven't seen anything quite like this before, and it just it just builds in the history. You have so much history, like what happened before this, like what happened two hundred years before this, right? It's just yeah. There you go. No, it's it's crazy, yeah. No, I've I've always liked this scene. I've obviously I like the setup of this film. Have you ever got have you guys ever seen the uh the voiceover of Samuel L. Jackson doing Darth Vader? Yeah, no. Oh god, dude, I'll be dying. <laughs> oh, Every time oh, I see so this thing, Sam Jackson's clips to dub Darth Vader's voice, Chris, it's the funniest thing you've ever heard. Yep. Like, and, and, see, and, and, and it lines too. up perfect, yeah. But go ahead. Oh, yeah, th- this was a shot too. Like, you know, being a kid, like seeing Vader pick up Captain Tilly's like that, yeah. it was like, whoa, like this yeah. guy means business here. Like, this is a mm-hmm. bad guy. <laughs> hmm. I'm so glad yeah. that James Earl Jones did his voice. Like, could you imagine yeah. a British man doing his voice? Oh, and my not gosh. Intimate? Oh, my God. It'd be, it'd be trash. It sounded so ridiculous. Yeah. Like, just the yeah. British accent that guy has. Ugh. David Prowse, rest in yeah. peace. No, no, man. no disrespect. Hey, no disrespect to David Prowse. He's that guy. And Bob Anderson was also one of the other Vaders. I think in the next two films for like the stunt yep. stuff. But like, yeah, man, David. Sorry, dude. James Earl Jones, that dude. <laughs> yeah, it yes, makes he... you want. It makes you wonder, like, who's playing Vader's voice in an Obi Wan Kenobi series? You know. I, I would assume that it's still James Earl. I mean, so they can bring him back and record some lines, and obviously they can I, drop his voice down, and make him a little bit younger sounding. But you never know. I, I, I am pretty sure I didn't click into the article, but it was from like, like entertainment or whatever, um, and it was Hayden talking about James Earl Jones playing yeah. Vader again. So I'm pretty Wait, sure. It's, I'm pretty sure. It's here, him. Here's the thing: in the Lego to Skywalker saga, the Vader's like voice is impeccable, and I'm pretty sure it's not yeah. James Earl Jones because they have like All extra right. dialogue. It's like yeah. get that guy to do it. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. I know it's like unpopular to say. Uh, I always bring this up when even um, we talk get talking about Vader, but I think like don't get me wrong, James Earl Jones is amazing, legend, etc., etc., etc. Put all those caveats before what I'm about to say. But I think Vader sounds kind of off in Rogue One, personally. Yeah, um, yeah a little bit. And, and it's just like, you know, I don't want to be the fan to say, hey, let's get somebody else since he doesn't sound right. But, you know, if we keep making a lot of Vader content, like, I feel like it's almost time. No, yeah. it's fine. It's, it's all good. People get recasted all the time. Um, yeah. I, I love this particular scene we just had between Vader and Leia. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know, we're trying to figure out who this Leia character is. We hear about the Imperial Senate. All right, what is all that all about? Obviously, as fans now of our generation, we know what the Senate was. Um, yeah, I, I just love like how just black and white and gray everything else. You can definitely tell the Empire has stripped all of the life of the old Republic out. And now it's the true Empire. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean... Another thing I liked is like the whole thing she was just talking about with the Rebel Alliance and the Senate. Like that's a great thing about the movies. They jump you right into the action. You're right in the middle of battle. There's no build up. It's just like what came before. Mm-hmm. Again, damage universe, everything else. Why is everything so muted, right? Was there a better right. time than there is now? Oh yeah. Now look I at mean, me and then... just looking all jacked up. Go ahead, Ben. 
Oh yeah. Oh, you're totally fine. Milton. I, we all get so excited about these movies because they're, they're just so much fun to talk about. Um, I think an, another great thing, I mean, you know, we're only a few minutes into this movie and like you said, Creepy and R2 look jacked up. And the fact that, you know, George Lucas is already introducing us from like an epic space invasion thing to now we're, you know, in a desert. Like, mm. you know, it's, it's already great seeing like the changing environments um, that Lucas had in mind back then. Right. And we yeah. now are following the droids. Like the droids are literally the main character of Star Wars right now. Until we meet Luke, these are the main characters. And we're just as confused as these droids are about where we are, where we're going. You could just see the elements they're in. They filmed this, I believe, in Tunisia. So it's just all that on-set location. Just it looks like it's an alien planet. I mean, you can make an argument, Chris, that these two are the narrators of Star Wars in in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. You know, like I think there was rumor or maybe there was some like talk of maybe George Lucas saying like, you know, the Guardian of the Wills was seen through the eyes of the droids or something because they were through through every decade of Star Wars. Something weird like that. But um, but no, it's, it's really like these guys are the lead characters to start. And you got the music by John Williams, like just that mm-hmm. very like meandering type music, like they're walking on and on and on and how his music really lends itself to this one scene. Right. Yeah, like I mean, and look, three PO. I mean, I love him as as the movies go on, but he was such a prick in this one. <laughs> just just obnoxious. He's like that annoying like butler who just doesn't want to take no responsibility for anything. Oh, yeah. there we go. In the background, we have a, a crate dragon skeleton, which mm-hmm. we see that get played out. Literally, it takes about forty years for us to see it in the current continuity in its right. gloriousness in 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 the Mandalorian season two episode uh, one. Oh yeah, that yeah. that was a great callback that they included in that, um, you know, finally playing out, and you know, it's just it's cool even without like Lucas being there. It's cool that they're including like little callbacks like that, and you know, their future projects now. All right. Now, the time I first saw this movie, yeah, like what, like what is this? Like what is that creature? Yeah, I want to know, know what the hell a Jawa looks like underneath that robe, man. Right. One of these days, somebody's got to make a rendition of it. Probably well, I'm pretty, pretty sure they them. have, but it's not official renditions of it. So yeah. for you, R2. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, f- I feel like so many of these shots, like, like just the shots, R2 and 3PO... The music, Vader's voice, up to this point in the movie, if Vader's voice and those things I just listed didn't work, people would be checked out already. Yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> so for those of us that are just joining the live stream now, we are watching A New Hope. We are currently at the 12 and a half minute mark where RT just got ionized by Jawa. So you probably know exactly what I'm talking about. Oh yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure just about everybody knows where that is. Yeah, these guys. I mean, like, and they're not—they're not ruthless. I mean, I don't see them being vicious or ruthless. Do we ever get yeah. a sense of that? With the Jawas yeah, and, and the Mandalorian—they are like. Oh yeah, when they when they attack. Uh, but I mean, 
But you know what, though? They really still weren't a threat. Yeah, they were a pain in the ass, but they weren't Even really a threat. Even with Boba Fett, they, like, knocked him out as he climbed out of the Sarlacc pit. Like, right, right, right. Jerks. But again, if, if he was a full strength, you know, they they probably get wrecked. <laughs> and they only did that, you know, too, because they saw him as, like, a weaker threat, and he has junk on him we can sell. Mm. So, like, I feel like, you know, I, they're, they're I don't... Very op- I, they're very, like, they, they take advantage. Yeah, I, I, like, I don't see, like, for example, with, like, Uncle Owen and Aunt Brew, I don't see a Jawa going up and trying to, like, mug Uncle Owen or something. Oh. Fully healthy Uncle Owen. Like, I don't I don't see that happening. And I hope we get Uncle Owen interacting with Jawas in, uh, in Kenobi, or Kenobi interacting with Jawas. That'd be pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So there's, I, I always like to look in the inside of the, the sand crawlers. All these droids from who yep. knows how long ago in the past right it's just a lot of cool again lucas like to put in so much detail in the back of these scenes these crowd scenes if you will and we get the big one later on at maz Eisley. but this is just so neat all these pra- all this is practical man you got the gonk droids you got the little binocular droid all these guys oh yeah think about it this was probably part of his Obviously, overall grand scheme mer- merchandising scheme as well. I mean, designing this many characters and droids, and um, you know that was one of Lucas's big things that you know he revolutionized film about back then. Was you know Star Wars was the first big big movie to really push merchandising. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Cause I think that time at that time maybe it might have been like Planet of the Apes, and yep. I th- obviously Star Wars. Maybe Star Trek. Yep. Maybe. Uh, I mean, yeah, there weren't many franchises out here pushing stuff. But there we go. Yeah. We got the special edition shot. This I love this man. I, like yeah. I, I, I freaking watched the hell out of the special editions when they came out. Like just like I had to go see it because like the Dubacks, we had never seen like CGI creatures like that before. Right. And, oh, like, I think even, I think it works. Yeah, it works. I mean, I I have the I have the gold box set of special edition downstairs and i've watched it was like a 10 minute uh you know a little thing before each movie talking mm-hmm. about the special yep. editions that were added dude they're dope and i think i think they put them on youtube as like a full like clip oh. of all like 30 minutes of it and just the way george was inventive and, and creative and said hey i want to finish this film like it made sense but it's like a lot of good Oh, there's a, establishing shots that they add, mm-hmm. like right before the Jawa scene. Like they show like the skyline. It's like that really nice mm-hmm. sunset above the Jenlin waste. Right. Here you get a nice like um, cargo shuttle that wasn't there before. Plus all the dewbacks. Going into right. Maz Eisley, you get the freaking womp rat creatures and the Rontos and the and the swoop mm-hmm. bike guys look like they're from Shadows of the Empire. And, I think I'm going to look out for it. I think people always say you could see like the Outrider or something like that in yep. the background. It it takes off. Um, it takes off on one of the shots, and, and it's pretty. It's pretty out in the open too. Like it's, if I remember right, the Outrider it like is almost dead center in uh, the shot usually when oh. it takes off. I think. So just to keep an eye out for that. But yeah, like you said, Chris, all these, a lot of these shots that were added are nice establishing shots, and they're not just unnecessary mm. noise, you know? Yeah, no, the, the special editions were needed for this movie. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Lucas even said, you know, that was his original vision. Mm. 
Like, you know, that's what he wanted back then. He just didn't have the budget or time. Like, Star Wars, you gotta think, was only, like, a $10 million movie. Yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. Here we go, our pivotal character right here. What the heck is bocce? Is that, like, the language of, like, the moisture evaporators or something? I guess so. I believe so. It's interesting, a machine... I mean, I guess in Star Wars, machines talk, so... I'm really interested to see like how much of like a lot of these like little details are going to pop up, you know, just like just the way the huts look like Luke mm -hmm. Luke's homestead and all that. Like, I, it feels like we're going to get it real similarly in the Kenobi show coming up. Oh, yeah. I mean, they've already done it with Attack of the Clones, right? It goes back to the. Yeah. Homestead. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. So yeah. it's not unprecedented that they can't rematch it exactly the same. Yeah. Mm. Here's the now, famous line. If, yeah. Power converters. <laughs> I think we see Tashi Station in, in Boba Fett, right? That was Tashi Station. Um, when, when, when Boba Fett goes in and oh, yeah, helps his was. two friends. Yeah, oh yeah, that is true. It was Tashi Station. Man, go on, Garrison. I'm sorry. Oh no! I was I was saying anytime Luke says power converters, um, if if you've seen the robot chicken Star Wars, like you know, it's yeah. it's it's a fun scene. <laughs> All right, I about to say this red robot saved Star Wars. Yep. Well, here's the thing: in that from this a certain is wild. point of view book, there's a chapter with Red Five, and he actually talked to R two, and like he sacrificed himself to get R two over uh -huh. there. That's like that's a canonical thing. story apparently yeah, it, it's legit Milton, like R2 oh, R2 yeah, saying <laughs> I need to deliver these plans and stuff and destroys like okay I'll sacrifice myself for the cause that's ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like okay this is a little piece of canon we don't need but, yeah that's stupid but, like, uh, come on yeah what are we but, doing <laughs> but then they actually brought Red 5 back and he's working with Pelimoto in Maz Eisley yeah, that's, that's the funniest part it's like okay now, I love this toy, right? My friend had this toy that Luke is playing with, the, the, the Skyhopper. Mm -hmm. I was always really jealous. And you see the big version of him right behind him, you know? I thought that was, that was a cool design because it's like, oh, that's like the vehicle he would fly around in, like, Beggar's Canyon. Yeah. Now, are they can an oil bath? Yeah. Is that what it is? Okay. That's yeah, what the I droids thought. love that. Remember they had a whole Clone Wars episode where, like, R2 is like going after a piece of Jogan fruit and he like ends oh, up yeah, with this like, <laughs> like a droid like spa. Right. You gotta look like the droids are basically sentient in Star Wars and, and they make a habit of that with like all the newer stuff with Disney. They've really been trying to hammer that home. It's like droids are basically people in this universe. Like they have feelings and emotions basically and everything else. I look at so the solo movie. I mean, they're, that's exactly that's like, like with L5. I mean, they're definitely sentient. I just can't say enough how, how much I just love the look of this movie overall, like the used look. And they cleaned it up so good for Disney+. Plus. 
Yep. Like, I'm watching on a 2K monitor, but it's like, holy crap, mm. this is looking nice. Oh, yeah. Well, that's the thing, right? It's like, with, with Lucasfilm and, and ILM, they're like, always... I don't know if it's ILM responsible, but they're always just making Star Wars look current to whatever technology of a viewing right. thing there is, somehow. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean, and like I said, a lot, a lot of films now are shot digitally. This was obviously a film stock, um, and which, I mean, it, it makes sense, but it's it looks so much better compared to what it was even just 10 years ago. I mean, you had the special editions, you had the re-releases in 04 or whatever it was, and now we got these. Like, it looks good. And I think Empire looks even better when we get the Empire. Oh, yeah. Especially the Emperor. Yeah. Property Obi-Wan Kenobi. See, I, I just love I just love the whole... Um, just, just how this movie is just falling into place so well. Like R2 and 3PO crashing. You know, them running into Luke. You know, it's just... Mm. It's it's falling. It just falls into place so well and flows so naturally. Yeah. So we do have a commenter yeah. in the chat. We have uh, Kamel yep. Peterson, who was also in our chat last week uh, as uh, DCE. Let me get make sure I get that DLE. Sorry, DLE. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, he's he's also a streamer, and he was saying, um, "Good seeing you guys. I considered uh, to go to a bar for Star Wars trivia, but decided to." Uh, Stream and cosplay instead. So hey, thanks for taking nice. the time out of your night um, and out of your stream to to hang out with us for a few minutes. Appreciate it. Oh That's yeah, the appreciate there, it. There's, it's there's, great there's 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 a lot of by. people probably at a bar doing Star Wars trivia, and that's probably why uh, we're not seeing uh, certain people that we're used to seeing in the chat because mm. they even told us that they're going to a bar. So. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Believe me, if I if I wasn't going to Star Wars celebration. I probably would have been doing the same, but I'm going to have enough of that in three weeks, so... Right. For a quick uh, time lapse here, I'll try to do it like every 30 minutes, um, even though it's only been about 10 minutes, apparently. <laughs> but we're at the 23-minute mark with the blue milk and Aunt Beru and Uncle Owen and Luke having a nice discussion about him trying to get the heck out of tattooing. My only gripe about Star Wars, especially especially with this film, and looking back on what the continuity is trying to do, is Baru. Because she they aged her, like she's real old in this. Uncle Cause, Owen, cause, 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 yeah, Uncle. But like, right, I can get, I can see like how they they're because he's still not as old old compared to like Edgerton, you True. know, to this but guy. We haven't I mean, really gotten can, a close up on Baru in the show yet. Right, though. right there. I think we just got it. But like, she, I mean. She just looks older. Now, you can always say Tatooine has, what, three sons or two sons? So, yep. like, the heat just jacks you up. I mean, I look. I mean, and Alec Guinness is only 11 years older than Ewan is, or 12 yeah. years older <laughs> than Ewan is. Like, Wow. Right. Craziness. Fun fact. Yeah, think about that. Yeah, Alec right. was 63, and I think Ewan's mm -hmm. turning 51 this year. Right. But what was crazy is, too, obviously looking at how people take care of their bodies now in real life and actors and how they really are with the nutrition, you can be 63 and looking like you're 40. You know, it's crazy. Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, I'd, I'd be willing to bet in, you know, 10 years from now, um, Ewan McGregor looks fairly similar, just a little bit older. Yeah, some gray hair here or there, but still looking yeah. fire. 
I mean, look, Liam Neeson's 67, 68. He looks great for his age. Yeah, it's crazy. Now, see, I, I understand Luke's pain here. You know, it, it's unfortunate. And I think in a deleted scene, Ben, or excuse me, Luke and yeah. Biggs, I think, or no, yeah, yeah. Biggs. Yep, they, had, they, they, have a, they have a discussion about mm-hmm. um, the academy and always staying and li- doing listening to your uncle. And I get Luke's dilemma. He's like, listen, no, they brought me in. He's like, they, even and, in the radio drama, they talk. And about I was gonna say the fun thing yeah, is for in the radio uh, drama, they go into a heavy. The, the yep, funny the radio thing, drama, they yeah. extend that scene even more. The funny thing is when you think about it, Luke is talking about joining the freaking empire. You know, yeah. he's like, but, he's talking about joining the bad guys. Like, I want to go to the Academy, the Academy but, but for the Empire. But here's, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, though, uh, um, Chris. They, they wouldn't have known. Like, like honestly, the, the Empire is seen as, like, you know, take our care government. of us. They're, they're our government. You know, Biggs, in the, I believe, in the uh, drama says, hey, I want, I joined them, too. But I realized they, they're the bad guys. That's why I jumped ship. I plan on jumping ship when we get to a certain point. So Biggs actually yep. deserts from the Empire. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, I mean, it, it it lines up. It's kind of like, you know, Nazi Germany in a lot of ways. Like, people didn't really, didn't think that Nazi Germany was bad. The people that lived there, they thought it was like, oh, this is the way of life, how it should be. But really, yeah. you know, we, they're really doing a lot of evil. Oh, yeah. I mean... That's the thing, too. Think about it. Like, Luke's growing up in this time period, seeing all this stuff. Like, he probably thinks, oh, yeah, this, people complain about our, the Empire, but it's still, I mean, it's the still, you know, it's basically signing up for your local army. And here's mm-hmm. the thing. With, with Tatooine at this point, there's no, like, Imperial garrisons there or anything, at least to our yeah. knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like they, they know about the Empire from, like, offhand information. Like, yeah, they're, they're their overall Canada. government. Propaganda, right? That's a huge thing with the Empire. Yeah. So it's like, okay. Uh, and sometimes with the, with the planets, and we've seen in many comics and, and books and stuff, is like the planets are being run by huts or different crime syndicates that are just killing people. It's like, well, the Empire looks, looks like the saviors, and they want to join the Empire because it's going to be a way for them to give thanks to their saviors. Or in this case, Luke is just like, I'm bored. I want to go on adventures. Yep. I could just join the Empire to do that. Oh, yeah. yeah. One thing I want to throw in there real quick before we um, get too far ahead of the scene. So I really liked, and I've always appreciated, that quick cut from it being evening time to morning time from scene to scene there. Never thought about that. Yeah, because if you notice, the camera it goes all dark for like a split second, and then it's back to Uncle Ona and mm-hmm. Aunt Brew. All right. Now we got the Tuscan Raiders. Gosh, as a kid, I was creeped out by them, though. I was like, man, what are these things? <laughs> yeah, another another creature that I would like to see the what they look like under the wraps. They're yeah, like they, has they, a bunch they, they've of always creatures. reminded me of uh, of Cabal from Mortal Kombat. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I've always been like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's just Cabal's cousin. But here we go, right? You, you jump off with the Tusken Raiders, then you see him again in... Attack of the Clones. You see him in the Mandalorian. Then you see him in Book of Boba Fett. And they're like, we learned so much about these 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 creatures in the last couple of years. Right. That always scared me. Like how it was like a jump jump scare. Oh, I know. I love the um 
if you guys don't know, like the behind the scenes thing of that is like they had that shot like playing in reverse, like if you didn't know. So, oh, so yeah. when he's doing the shaking stuff, they, they actually play the shot like in reverse to get that effect. Nice. <laughs> it's like, wait, I don't, I, I, I know what you're talking about, but it's like, why can't the guy just move his arms up and down? Like, why would they have to yeah, go no, through the technical yeah, because, issues of going yeah, reverse? Because, yeah, for it to go down, down to, I mean, up to down, <laughs> gosh, I can't even say it through the motion, but down to up, you know, that's how they did it, which is in, I don't know. I mean, I guess it just brings more of a jump scare. Now, apparently, like, Obi-Wan Kenobi's Crate Dragon Scream used to be quite a bit different in the other versions, right? Yes. Yes, that's true. Like, yeah, they yeah they, they've, changed, they've changed it, like, three times. I mean, even with this it's... shot, that rock used to not be there that covered up R2. Like, yeah. they changed a lot about this scene. Now, now, I forget, was this the... I mean, since we're just doing our commentary and don't have the audio on, was, that, was this the Obi-Wan Scream where it sounds like a... A guy screaming where he's like "wahoo," or is it uh, like the actual crate dragon noise? I think this was a crate dragon noise. <laughs> oh, okay. So the other one, yeah, the other one, you know, I always joke around. It sounds like a, you know, like a sports fan just like yelling out or something. It just, it's, it's just so weird. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, Alec Guinness is just great. There we go. Thank you. Three for this weeks. Movie. Yeah, Obi Wan's that dude. He's awesome. Huh. And just think how actually never mind. I guess it was a few years before this. I was gonna say how how long before this did he take out Darth Maul? Yeah, like two years. This, this would have been like mm, Oh, oh whoa, are we this sure? It'd have been like even like five years. Are we sure I think it'd be like five years before this. No, well Rebel just, started off five years, but it, it did go a couple years in length. It did? Oh, okay. Well, because I, I, I thought he was two or three years. I, I still thought he was a younger kid, and when we saw him like briefly in yeah, in he Rebels. was like seventeen. I, I remember people saying he was okay. like seventeen in that scene. So it would have happened oh, dang. In two years. So man, so he only took out Darth Maul just two years prior to all this. That's wild. That's crazy. Huh. I just like like. Ben Kenobi's delivery of the lines. It's like this guy that knows so much, right? Like, this is what the person that George Lucas exactly had in his head, this, like, older sage character that can impart all this knowledge and had this worldly history. Well, it fits the, um... What's the story type, Milton? Um, Hero's Journey. It fits the Hero's Journey perfectly. Like, that's exactly, like... Getting like a side older mentor character is like one of like the key aspects of like the hero hero's journey arc. Yeah. That and then you have like you know the like the jester that's with you the whole time, which is C three PO. Like you mm-hmm. run into all those character tropes that fit like this this movie. Like if you write down the whole hero's journey characters, like you can slot every single one of these characters in. in oh no roles. doubt, no doubt. I mean, because obviously with any hero's story like that, you need to you need to the mentor to go eventually to see if he can actually do yeah. the journey and also follow the life lessons. Actually, we're about we're about to see. Speaking of more history, is the Excalibur scene of them him getting the lightsaber, which is kind of like Excalibur, the sword yep. of Arthur pulling it out of the rock. So I mean, again, he took a lot from mythology, 
from history, from religion, from um, politics, from this, just for this one particular movie. And obviously he expanded it in all, well, his six films. So that's, that's that's why I love Star Wars, because you can go and look at various ways of life, of culture, of politics, of religion, of mythology, of history, and be like, okay, that, that fits Star Wars. I can see where George Lucas took some of these elements and put them into Star Wars. Oh, know? for for sure. Like and like Alex whole Alex um, whole delivery of these lines as Obi Wan. It's just so good. Like telling the history and you know talking about the Clone War and everything. Like I just think I, I personally think this is one of the best overall uh, scenes in Star Wars in terms oh, of just yeah. co- conversation, oh, everything. You know, like I just feel like it's one of the the best things. I mean, heck, it's it literally basically set up what spawned out to be the old republic like people were inspired by that by this conversation right. so like you know you have um you have that and just the whole sequence of how it how it plays off to luke and you know to obi-wan as well because like he's like regretting like oh man i i basically caused all this stuff right yep from a yeah, certain no point but i mean view. but this exa- exactly and yeah. i love like obviously this part where he's talking about Vader and how he wears things in the Empire. Um, I mean, really, he's describing, you know, I don't know if you guys are big readers in the sense of, like, some religion stuff, but he's talking about the whole Lucifer fall from heaven and, you know, being God's favorite angel and making a deal with the devil. Like, it's kind of like from the John Milton's Paradise Lost book talking about that. Like, it's it's kind of cool, though. If you really, if you know history like that, if you read stuff like that, you can see the similarities to it. Well, but I mean, even how he I mean, describes look- the force is dope. Oh, for sure. Like, you know, in, in terms of, like, the religious aspect of it, look at Revenge of the Sith. Like, Mustafar yeah. is literally hell. Like, Hayden, yeah, Anakin, Anakin literally was the fallen angel, yeah. made the deal. He made the deal with the devil in that movie, and then he got sent to hell for it. And, exactly. you know, like, there's so many um, religious connections in terms of, like, you know, the Christian religion, the Buddhist religion, um, different yeah. cultures. Like, obviously, the Jedi or the Samurai like, you know, you have all kinds of different um, aspects yep. to it, which is yeah, so nice. That, that's what makes Star Wars so welcoming is there's this um, familiar aspect to it where it's like uh, no matter who you are from all aspects of life, like George Lucas made this with the lore, with the idealism, um, everything philosophy and all was like connected to at least some kind of culture that somebody had. So it's very welcoming. And plus it's that, that hero's journey story where we – and at this point, we're looking through Luke's eyes. We're, we're seeing the entire galaxy through Luke's eyes, who has never left. Doesn't really know much at all, right? This is this is the the, the lens for the, the viewer to be looking through all this. Yeah, he's us. I'm getting too old yeah, for I mean, this sort of thing. So I wonder if that's going to be yeah. a big thing with, with the Kenobi series. We're going to see him go through the absolute ring ringer. We're going to see him go through hell to the point where he'll never leave Tatooine again unless he needs to. Right. Oh, for, oh, for sure. I feel like, I feel like we'll, we'll definitely get connections to that. Like, I mean, I mean, Deborah Chow pretty much said, you know, we're going to get plenty of connections to this movie. So, you know, I feel like it's only, I mean, I guess it is only a matter of time before we see what those are. Now Luke is just pretty much being like his uncle, and Ben calls him on it. So I love this scene. 
Yeah. Oh, wait, oh, we're yeah. about to see the empty chair, aren't we, too? Yeah, right there. Yep, right there. Yep, there we got it. I thought we saw that. Now, I oh, think there's... in the deleted scene, they, uh, the one guy, learn. not him, but the guy with the mop haircut, him, he talks about, like, the, the Sith. We never heard that word at this time, in this movie at all. But yep. he names, he says Sith, and we're like, why don't you just keep that in the movie? It just made sense. Oh. This Dark Lord of the Sith. He says that in the deleted scene. Yeah, he crazy. literally says the word Sith. Yeah. And this is just like a thing where they randomly say about, oh, the Senate's gone. Yep, we just took out the government. Is <laughs> basically what they're saying. Which that begs the different, Milton, now that you say that. I, did they even say the word Sith in the entire original trilogy? I don't think I they did. That's interesting. Yeah. So you cut it out and then you never use that word again. Never use it again. Hmm. Yeah. Very interesting. God, I, I, this is my favorite scene in this whole movie. So like, he just he just chokes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> go I, go I to your it. meeting. <laughs> just. Yeah, he's like, all right, you try, you talking shit, okay. Ugh. But but what's crazy is this guy had the balls to talk shit to Darth Vader, which is crazy. Yeah. Well, that, and then it shows you how powerful Tarkin is that Vader yeah. doesn't, Vader basically respects Tarkin. I mean, I guess. Yeah. See, that's the cool part of the way George really incorporated things, because if you think about it, the way things have been built up, Tarkin and, and Anakin, you know, they team up in Clone Wars. So, yeah. so obviously, Vader must have a built-in, obviously, respect for Tarkin. And here's the thing. We know, we know Tarkin knows that's Anakin Skywalker underneath that suit. Oh, 100%. And, and, yeah. and, like, obviously, like, the canon reference it that, like, he knows it's Anakin. Yep. So. But but in this movie, Vader's a brute. Like, he's he's just a goon, man. He's just wrecking people, you know. And, like, Tarkin's that guy that's in control of everything. And, obviously, in Empire, you know, it, did, it wasn't like Vader earned that command. Like, it was kind of, like, I guess merit-based. He's like, well, Tarkin's gone. I need you to step up. You know, like, Tarkin's been that guy for the Emperor. Yep. Hmm. They're now so they precise, Emperor's... yet they meet, exactly. they miss everything. Right? I'm about to say the same thing, mm -hmm. Chris. Trash. Unless they're Death Troopers, then they're pretty good. Right? Yeah. Now, I, I was surprised that with the next scene coming up, how brutal they showed... Yeah, oh, and we're just being burned. A like, lot. That's one of those things for like yeah, little kids. Pretty... It's like they might get scared at this part. Yeah. <laughs> hey, because I I don't think I caught it at first when I first saw this movie. Oh, I didn't either. I didn't actually catch this until you know I saw this movie first time in like 99, 98, 99, and probably in like two thousand two, two thousand three when I was rewatching it. When I got to the scene, I was like, "Wait a second, is that a body there?" And I paused it. And was like, "Whoa." Yeah, it just burnt corpses. I mean, it's crazy knowing like. Oh my gosh! This I, I mean, really you know, clear you know, there too. You know, yeah, George really wanted to emphasize like, hey, the Empire's brutal. And to to this day, we still <laughs> get those discussions. Was it Boba Fett that uses flamethrower? No, it doesn't have mm -hmm. to be just Boba Fett is the only guy in the universe that has a 
freaking flamethrower. <laughs> like we see in Mad yeah, they can probably just set a flame trooper over there. Oh yeah, I've heard that before too. Like you know, Vader, you know, had him hired basically. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's been a long running thing running around. <clears throat> That's I love how not even terrifying. With... Yeah, I know. I love but how with even, us even not for even... that though. Oh, I'm sorry, Ben. Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say real quick. Like, I love with us not even knowing Leia has the Force. Like, she's able to resist the mind probe. Like, that's that. You know, that's establishing her as a great female, strong character back then in the right. '80s, which is awesome. No doubt. But I'm it's saying, like, even even for how that probe looks, like for that to be 1977, how it looks like it's floating, that's dope. Yeah. And, and what's nice, and even to speak upon Leia's character, in in the radio drama, Ben, you know how they really go into depth with yep. Leia and like her dad on Alderaan, and like how they kill that one like Imperial uh, admirable who's trying admirable. to who's trying to date her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know if you know about this, uh, Chris, but in the radio drama, they. Leia and, and uh, her father have this uh, guy over from the Empire who's trying to get at her, pretty much. And then he discovers that, oh, you guys work for the Rebellion, so he was going to turn him in. And somehow, does she kill him? Or, I think, uh, yeah, she, the father... Yeah, she, she, no, she, she kills him because the father... Yes. Um, Bail, Bail was just walking yeah, Bail. in. Bail was just walking in, and he was like, well, Leia, you know, if you agree to uh, court with me, because he was, you know, trying to marry her, because um, he's basically like, hey, I'm an old Imperial officer, and she's a cute young uh, princess, so I'll yeah. marry her. And, you know, this will keep you covered up. And she's like, no, that's not going to happen. Oh. And he was pretty much like, it will. And then she just whipped out a blaster, bam, and, yeah, shot him. and yeah, whacked him right at the table. Where's the Outrider? Oh, I just seen it. Like, I just seen the Outrider. Yeah, there's the Outrider. See it? Yep, right yep. there. Oh, cool. Dash Rendar's cannon confirmed. No, it could have yeah. just been a YT-2400. No, that was. I, I, I loved all this. I loved all period, this special edition that. stuff. Yeah, this all the special, special edition stuff, stuff was worth it. It's so worth it. Yeah, it's worth it. It, it makes sense. It, 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 like you know, we talked about how you know George Lucas added things in the background to make it full. The special editions did the same thing with with Mos Eisley. It needed to. Yeah, it's crazy oh. though because like back then, I, I, I say I was starved for Star Wars content, but it's like you released the whole movie again. And there's probably not even, like, two minutes of new, like, actual footage. And I just, like, just thought it was, like, almost, like, as much of a, a brand new Star Wars movie back then. Because mm -hmm. I had yeah. watched those original oh. ones, like, maybe a year or two before these special editions came out. So, for me, I had, like, all the toys. I had, like, all the cool marketing. I was like, this is awesome. Mm -hmm. And little did I know that this what? would happen where we get Star Wars shows, like, every other month. Right. <laughs> But this was around the time of the Power of the Force series. Yeah. Out, I'm pretty mm -hmm. sure. Dude, those Power of the Force figures were so boss. Oh, yeah. Like, I had almost all of them, I feel like. Yeah. Back then. Yeah, because Power of the Force came out, and then the the Episode 1 figures came out, which were fire. Um, With the little I mean, com links. Yeah. Yeah, that that I mean that's what the trick was, right? I mean we were all kids at that age, and it, it that's what really sold us on experiencing a movie outside of watching it in a theater and going right. home every day after oh, school yeah. and picking up the figures and having the excitement of seeing that character in the background, like in this Maz Eisley Cantina scene, for instance, and be like, "Oh, I want that cool looking figure. I don't know much about him, but I'll yeah. make a story up for him." 
Right. Now, like I said, we didn't have money like that back in the day because, you know, Tours R Us was super expensive to buy these figures. So it was like, oh, we were, oh, yeah. we were doing a lot, a lot of window shopping. Oh, yeah. Most of mine were just like, you know, birthday holiday type deals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I would get like one toy for Easter. I would get maybe a couple for Christmas yeah. and a couple for birthday. And that was basically it. <laughs> Yeah. I, w- I would get those as well. Then maybe one mine was also like one at the end of the year if I did good on my grade card. Like yeah, same. Yep. Oh, it's so funny. So in Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga, if you have any droid character, you can't pass the threshold right there, no matter what. <laughs> so it's a cool oh, little cool. detail. Like you see R two, really cool. that's what the droids do. You just like kind of bounce back and forth. But, I mean, this is incredible. Like, just the amount of characters in here. Mm-hmm. And those are IG-88 heads. Like, the dispensers of the of the alcohol yeah, or the, no, whatever. I didn't even realize that. Yep. Well, this, you know, and this also, like, this movie does a good good uh, way of, of course, you know, we're, we're traveling with Luke through the movie. But it's also answering little just just kind of not dumb questions, but little random questions we have of like, what does a bar look like in Star Wars? Yeah. This guy. <laughs> I, I'm glad he was, I'm, I'm, I know it probably didn't need to happen, but the whole Rogue One cameo, I didn't mind it with him in it. it was oh just yeah, I was totally cool. So that. random, like, oh, you're going to be on this yeah. planet, like, 10 minutes before it explodes and make it off miraculously somehow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's just that's just part of the uh, cheesiness when it comes to the movies. Right. Look at all that blood, man. You can't have blood like that anymore unless you want to be called rated R. <laughs> this is PG See, back then. <laughs> I always wondered I always wondered if that was a uh, I mean, sure, that could have literally just been George Lucas not perfecting the lightsaber effect yet. But I, I like, I remember when I was younger, I was like, man, I wonder if that's because like Obi Wan's lightsaber is like short circuited, like it's not as powerful anymore or something since it's not right. seared. Oh yeah, yeah, because yeah. nowadays I it mean, would just be cauterized. Idea. Yeah, it'd be cauterized. Yeah, so I, that's why I always kind of thought I was like, man, I wonder if his lightsaber is like just not very powerful anymore. <laughs> Yeah, we gotta we gotta hit up uh, Pablo Hidalgo and ask him, or I'll ask him if I see him in person. Why is his blood on the floor? How, how can he explain this? <laughs> yeah, he'll say, "Well, his torso was cauterized, but the arm or something was bleeding." <laughs> so we're for, we're what, forty-eight minutes into this film, and with the first time we put eyes on Harrison Ford, aka Han Solo, like that's I didn't realize it was took us that long to get to him. It's because the movie flows so well. I think that's yeah. why you don't realize it. Right. Yeah, it's the first time I'm watching this movie where I'm taking, like, an actual, like, real-time remembering, like, where certain timestamps of certain things are. Because up until now, I've just watched the movie. But yeah. it's cool. Like, oh, yeah, this is literally 45 minutes in versus, mm. you know, the Jabba stuff is only 12 minutes in. So now I'm taking right. mental mental note here of what's going on. And some of this stuff too, I wonder if they're gonna like incorporate saying the Kenobi show. Like, say if 
like he needs transport. Are we going to get kind of like a, a callback to him negotiating with Han type thing? Mm. I don't. I don't, think, know. I don't know because he he wouldn't have known him. No, 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 not not Han specifically, but I'm saying like him negotiating with a scruffy smuggler person oh. say like you know when he's leaving tatooine potentially or yeah yeah but they're like be, I, I don't know I, I you know how star wars is with callbacks it, right? it'll be a young dash rendar and he'll be getting off the hey, planet on a go, yt2400 <laughs> <laughs> i know if that we know we all know here if that happens that would be chris's most favorite piece of star wars content ever mm. <laughs> oh man Han Solo is just a badass. Oh, yeah, he's great. Oh, the, one of the most infamous things in Star Wars. Who shot first? <laughs> yeah, I don't get how this became a thing. I don't. I really don't care. As, I mean, Greedo deserved to die. Let's be real here. Yeah. One of the weirdest parts of this whole sequence it's not even Greedo saying McClunky here in a second. It's <laughs> it's like if you notice, I don't know, I don't know if it's in this edition, but if you notice, like Han almost looks like he like glitches right or left, like yeah. almost moves away from the shot. Like it looks so strange. I'm not sure if it's this okay. one or the prior edition, but yeah, watch when Greedo shoots Han like almost jerks. If it's in this edition, I don't know it's just it's definitely a weird look when it happens. Greedo, you're ridiculous, bro. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mark yeah, Funky. see, you see it right there? Yeah, I Funky. see it. Good old Mark Funky. Yeah, see, isn't that... I don't know, it just looks weird. <laughs> mm. <laughs> just love that attitude, man. Just that, I don't give a crap. Just, here's the payment. Clean it up. Walks out like a badass. Just think this whole like basically sequence and movie like this just set off the era of like Harrison Ford rocking the early to mid eighties. Mm. Star Wars and indie and all of these projects. Again, all these moss like all clearly must like respect Vader. I mean, they they treat him like an equal in that scene. I feel like. Hey, look at we got little droids now flying around. Mm. They're like almost the same ones that um Maul had. I feel right. like. Oh, kind of like the probe droids. Yeah, they're like little probe droids. Yep. Now, I always thought the sand troopers looked pretty, like pretty good. Like I feel like oh, they're in my yeah. top. I feel like they're in my top three or four favorite armored stormtroopers. I think. All right. Yeah, I always wonder how this spy found them. Like it's just ugh. <laughs> yeah, the Kubas. <laughs> <laughs> Look at Java. I know this is one of the most like I feel like notable things added to this movie. Mm. Oh yeah, this was all over the For, marketing. I mean, I, it's this job of the hut. 
Yeah. I still love watching some of the behind the scenes stuff. Like at this point when George was making this movie, you know, he had this, he had the scene in mind, but the scene obviously never made it. But his original idea for Jabba the Hutt was going to literally be a big, like overweight, actual Mm -hmm. person Mm. being Jabba the Hutt. And then, you know, he, he cut, he cut this part out of the script, moved Jabba to the third movie and you know, then once he got to Return of the Jedi, he was like, "Oh, let's let's make it an alien. That that'd be cooler than just some big, big overweight guy." That's the best that Stepover has ever looked. Yep. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. Isn't this scene kind of like done already with him and Greedo? Like they they're almost having the same kind of conversation. Like, yeah, dropped your. You know, afraid at the sign of the Imperial, whatever, whatever. I guess they're just mm. added this for some urgency to be like, hey, this is the guy. He's got all these bounty hunters. It's so funny. Yeah, you, got, but... you got this roadie and it looks exactly like Rudo. The same yeah. outfit. What's the Boba Fett in this scene? Yeah, right there. Yep. Oh, yeah. I think, Chris, I think it's important because they set it up for Empire, too, where he's like, I owe, I owe Boba, or not Boba, I owe Jabba this money. And you're like, oh, we've seen him already, so we know oh, he's like yeah. around. True. So I, I think that helps set, set up the Empire uh, version of it. Oh, that is true. I guess he does mention that Empire. Very good point there, Milton. Yeah. And and then clearly in Return of, the, or Return of the Jedi, Jabba has gained, you know, a thousand pounds and looking like 16 or <laughs> 6, what was it? What's that show? Look like he needs to be on 600 pound life. 600 pound life. <laughs> Dude, old boy ain't moving. He's just oh stuck in God. place. It's crazy. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. Like, usually Jabba wouldn't seem to be like going out there to like get the bounties from people. Like, he has people to do that for him. Like, I was surprised to see him there, you know. But I guess I mean, at that point he's he uh, might have been in town getting some getting some McDonald's. Yeah, t- two uh, <laughs> super sized boxes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Dude, I just concept. love how Harrison Ford is so goofy how he shoots that gun. I love it. Like, that is so Han Solo. Oh, yeah. He, he nails it. I love the look of this ship when it's blasting off here. Mm-hmm. Just the engines, just the way it moves. Well, with how quick it blasts off, too. All right. It's just such an odd design when you think about it. Like, why would the cockpit like be on the side of the ship? Like, that's gotta be difficult for like a per, like a perspective, um, whatever it's called. Like when you're driving, like you have all this excess stuff on the left side, you have to worry about smacking okay. into. All right. Yeah, it's it's all on the left side, or you know, or in comparison, if you're going through a tighter squeeze, like you could bust your cockpit off the off the the ship mm-hmm. or something. It's just impressive, like, the cockpit, like, how many buttons there are. Like, how can you ever know, like, what does what, man? That's just, like, it's too much. To... Oh, yeah. No, I love seeing I love seeing some of the behind-the-scenes stuff for this. Like, you know, Harrison was, Harrison was talking one of the behind-the-scenes, like, you know, he asked George, uh, you know, what what do I do, like, for the buttons and stuff in, in this? And, and he was just, like, I don't know, just press them and look like you're being busy. 
funny. Yeah, that there was like a thing about the Force Awakens. Like when he came back, he like purposely asked like the people to, like fix the buttons. He's like, yeah, yeah, you should add springs to these buttons. They don't feel good. And they had to like make a special yep. trip to like alter all the buttons. <laughs> yeah, that was great. I, I love the behind the scenes stuff so much. It's interesting that Leia has this British accent for the scene. <laughs> or whatever you want to call it. I, I really think I really think she does it though on purpose just to mock Tarkin. I really think she's doing it just to push his buttons because she doesn't talk like this the rest of the movie. Saga, yeah. I really think it's just to 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 uh, do it because you know when she yells no, she said I I think she sounds English or like normal American accent, not just like British. Well, I feel like Alderaan would be a planet that would have people talking like they're British a lot, right? It's like that very high society type of place with very nice. It's very, very old history to it. It's very regal-like. Right. Oh, yeah. Gosh, Carrie looks so young in this. It's crazy. I mean, I guess she was only probably about, what, 19 or 20? Yeah. Probably. He still blew up the planet. It's craziness. What? Mm. The fact that Alderaan is such a big planet in the history of the galaxy, and it just like Tarkin just flippantly just says, "Okay, destroy the planet." Like, there's going to be no repercussions at all. Like, just okay. Yeah. Well, obviously, I mean, I think it helps that they got rid of the Senate, and they, yeah, they, exactly they, they control the message. Yeah. They control the message. You know, yeah. no one else can. And, and that and that thing. also helps build Tarkin's character a lot more too. I think like, man, this guy, he'll just blow up a planet like that. Like And, yeah. and that's the thing with the um that, that canceled Star Wars game from Amy Hennig, the Project Ragtag, the whole purpose of that game was like you're a survivor of Alderaan and the, the Empire was hunting down the refugees, I guess, to like silence them about what really happened. Mm. Interesting. Isn't what's his name from there? Uh, Cara Dune. Yeah, yeah, Cara yep. Dune's from yeah. Alderaan. Yep. Yep. Good old Dejaric. This is a really cool uh, design for these, like the stop motion animation. Mm. Is there an actual game? Uh huh. Mm. Oh, really? Yeah, I've never played it. Gosh, I know one thing, Milton. When I first saw Dejaric, I was like, man, why can't our board games be like that? Like, Facts. with little digital people walking around on it and stuff? You ain't lying, but the problem is we probably break it when we were kids or something, knowing us. <laughs> True. Another great... I just love seeing Luke training and all this. Mm. that's another thing I, ha I had back in the day was i'm sure you guys have seen them like it was a you know a 90s early late 90s toy release it was literally a training spear 
and Luke's literally blue lightsaber, you know, you could you could use it, it would like shoot lasers at you know, it would let off a sound effect and if you swing the lightsaber a certain way it would block Whoa. it and if not the light right. the lightsaber it would vibrate like you'd be hit. <laughs> I didn't even know that. Yeah, oh yeah, it was really cool. It's up in the attic here somewhere. Like if we get up there sometime, I'll I'll get it down and show it um, show it on air. Nice. I love this perspective of of Han talking about the force is like a bunch of mumbo jumbo, and then you have Obi Wan like, no, it's like this. Like again, Han is like the everyday guy. It's just like he he doesn't believe in his superstitious stuff. He just does his work, flies yeah. around, and that's it. Gets paid. Well, that's seeing that's the tough part right there. That whole conversation is the tough part of you know. If you ever do anything with Solo 2, you cannot have him interact with Darth Maul. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's the only caveat with Solo 2. And, and here's the thing, too, right? It's the Empire. We are 19 years after the Empire's formation. They've done a pretty good job, you know, suppressing the idea that Jedi even existed and about the Force itself. Like, none of that is supposed to be common knowledge for any of the citizens. So... I think they, they that shows us as well that like eh it's not the force is not imminent in anybody's future anymore. Well, right. that and and for all intents and purposes, if you're a citizen who was just born there younger, whatever, when Revenge of the Sith happened, if you're 10, 15 years old, oh, you just see this basically extreme religious group try to take out our chancellor of the entire galaxy. Like, you know, that's what you know. Like, and then your chancellor comes out of it looking like a crazy shocked up old man like you're probably like dang the jedi are pretty evil so they blew up her planet for nothing just for the fun of it yeah that's craziness that shows tarkin though tarkin though just doesn't miss a step like he just doesn't care and I love, I don't know about you, um, Chris, because I know you've read a certain point of view, but I love in that book how they uh, they kind of like humanize the, the Death Star shooters, like the actual people pressing the buttons, like, you know, because they're like kind of like having doubts in their heads about like, whoa, like, what are we doing here? Um, like, I love that they've added like those type of little bits of canon just to kind of humanize the people working for the Empire a little bit more. Right. Oh, yeah, that's the thing, right? It's like what is there, like 600,000 people that work on the Death Star, something like that, and it's like, not everybody on that thing was a bad person. We were talking about the beginning of the commentary, right? Luke going to join the Academy. Hey, he wanted a better life for himself to go somewhere else. There's a lot of people that are innocent in the Empire. It's not just all good and bad, and we think about the the classic Star Wars, like, from 1977. You're either good or you're bad. And since then, we've had stories that are kind of like the in-between, like Cassian Andor and Rogue One, just shooting an informant that probably didn't need to be killed, but he did it anyway. So, yeah, not all the rebels are good. Now the the Imperials are bad. Oh, yeah, this movie sets a hard line on that. I mean, there's no question. Every Every Imperial person we see on here is evil. But that a lot of the um, a lot of people that enjoy the Empire can look at the rebels and say, those are terrorists because they're literally yeah. like taking out government facilities and different things and causing mass murder as well. 
I mean, hey, hey, that's hey, that's that's like a Ken Knapsack take from Force Center. Like he's always a big Empire guy, and he's like, hey, like you know, the rebels are are get are rebelling. Yeah. Look, <laughs> Obi Wan with the knowledge. There's alternative ways of fighting. So good. I just That's think, good. too, like, like how shocked Han would be, like, flying through space. Like, it, like you know, if you're in a galaxy like this where you can fly and stuff, just the idea of a planet being totally blown away, like, you know, that would have to totally shock you, especially mm-hmm. after all the things Han's seen. This is a great scene. This is how it's shot. Oh, yeah. And this is practical, people. Yeah, I was going to say Milton, all the behind-the-scenes stuff on this. Yeah. So good. I always thought it was always very interesting with the hangar designs. Like, hey, it looks like there's a clear open window to space. Like, why aren't the people just getting sucked into the vacuum of space right now? Yeah, got those shields up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah. I mean, I again. I wish we had this technology. I saw one of those weird, like, uh, top, like, whatever, just weird, weird facts people calculate on Twitter and stuff. Mm-hmm. It was from like, like, uh, WikiHow or whatever. Um, this was a few years ago, five or six, probably four or five, six years ago. Anyways, I remember it was a tweet. It was like. The, like, calculations for, like, us to build, like, say, the Death Star right now, it would literally be, like, 10,000 of the world's economy combined. Like, you know, we can't even fathom, you know, you can't even fathom that. Like, how wow. much Yeah, it so was, the like, world, The weird... whole world's monetary wealth times 10,000? It was, like, it was, like, times 10,000. I remember, because it was, it was, like, times 10,000. It was, like, like I said, it was from, like, WikiHow or whatever. Um, they had retweeted it and like they had done calculations or some some another like what it would be estimated for the steel, the workers, all the food, you know, everything. Um, and then of course they made like educated guesses on like value of like the lasers and all that stuff. But it was like ten thousand times the world's like <gasps> economy, like monetary. Like I was like, wow. what in the world? Well, say maybe Elon Musk can build one. <laughs> yeah. Or a baby Death Star. <laughs> That'd be kind of fire. Little little personal one, Milton flying around. Hey, sick. <laughs> yeah, it's just funny. You're just thinking about all the stormtroopers they have, like on guard duty. You know, like these guys aren't meant to, like, see any action ever. Like, who would ever attack, like, infiltrate the Death Star, you know? And, it, yeah. it, like, we've seen the hangar. They've literally just, like, thousands of these guys on payroll just literally standing around. See, I've seen... I've seen weird stuff before saying, like... I mean, I guess we'll get into the shooting later. But... Uh, just, like, the shoot... I don't know if people are memeing it. I've seen different people talk before, like the stormtroopers are purposely inaccurate because they're trying to like once we get into like trying to like direct these our main characters to different parts of the the Death Star. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know if that's a meme or if that's like at all. 
anything. That's funny. I don't know about you guys, but man, one of the uh, one of my favorite things back in the day from those old um, Power of the Horse figures was the Han and Luke Stormtrooper uniform figures. Oh, well, there's a story behind those. Wasn't one of them like a mail-in figure? I remember with yep um, a cereal think, box because my neighbor think, had that. And that was one. I think that might have been the first Star Wars figure I had ever seen. Because yeah, I was like, dude, I think it, where did you get that? That looks so cool. And then I later on, I figured out how to do one. it. Yeah. Yeah. Then I ended up getting the one um, Mace Windu figure the same way for, for episode one. Yeah. They're cool because it was like an actual accessory, right? Like you could take the helmet on and off. And that was like the coolest yep. thing. Yep. It was, yeah. You could take the helmet on and off. And, you know, those old figures back then, like the arms weren't articulate. It was just straight arms. Um so, you know, it was just always fun with them. Uh, but, yeah, you know, you could take the helmets on and off, and that was, like, one of the big things back then. You know, as we all know, like, as kids with those toys, it's like, gosh, don't lose the helmet or you're you're done. Yeah. <laughs> Old fossil. So, for our current recap of where we are currently, we're at an hour and ten minutes while... Han and Luke are discussing what to do about a princess. <laughs> All of a sudden, he perks up princess. That could mean money. Mm-hmm. My, my question, too, is so what? Was Han just going to... Was his plan right here just to try to... I don't remember the exact lines, and I don't have the subtitles on right now, but was his exact plan just... Instead of rescuing her, was it just to form an escape plan to get out of there? Yeah. Oh, okay. Because I, I guess I mean you know he's just chilling, so I'm like, wait, what's what? Uh, I forget what the plan was. But he wants to just wait. They they're supposed to just wait there, and Big Kenobi is gonna just turn off the tractor beam and then they'll leave. Oh yeah yeah okay yep true. I didn't think about that. <laughs> Yeah, but you see all the detail they put in. Like, if you look at the back monitors, they have, like, different digital displays. And back then, I mean, this is, like, the mid-'70s. Like, to do that has right. just got to be a headache. Well, yeah, you see, like, the monitors, like, flashing and all that. All the LEDs or whatever they were called back then, just blinking. It looks good, though. That's what was cool about Star Wars, right? Is everything you you look at this in a time capsule? This is the technology they had available in the seventies. So when they went back and they did Rogue One, they basically made it look like the seventies. And then you see the progression to the sequel trilogy, where it's like, hey, they have ways to like track hyperspace and stuff. Like you see the evolution of the technology uh, throughout time, which is that's how it feels like more like a lived-in universe. Like time is you know, linear, and it's increasing the technology at the same time. Yeah, I mean, obviously, obviously how they're progressing is good. But I guess the argument could be made that the prequels had a little bit more better tech. Maybe mainly because it looked better, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, the, oh yeah, the look of the prequels was way more uh, 
futuristic, I yeah. guess I would say. But you, but you can make that argument even about like real life in the sense of like what the twenties and the thirties were when it comes to like vehicles. Because look at the eighties. Again, the eighties cars were trash compared to the cars of the. I'm just talking about the look and the aesthetic of it yeah. compared yep. to the thirties and twenties. Well, the thing well, is with the Empire, and you can go ahead, Ben. Oh, I was going to say yeah, like you know your example, Milton, like with um, you know the progression of technology from then. I mean, heck, even late 90s, early 2000s, um, I was actually just reading an article about it just because I seen, I saw Elon Musk talking about it briefly, but, uh, you know, the old Concorde jets in the late 90s, early 2000s, you know, it was they were able to do a three-hour flight from New York to London in three hours because they were traveling at, like, almost 1,000 miles an hour compared to planes nowadays. You know, that's a seven-hour flight. So, you know, they, uh, you know, they got rid of those just because the safety hazards, but it's like, look, even late 90s early 2000s that was a like futuristic thing and then now it's like back to more of like i guess a normal plane well here's the thing right with the with the galactic empire their idea is mass production on a very 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 large scale so they kind of cheaped up a lot of aspects of things make them very simple to get them out faster so i think that especially like if you look at the death star everything's like prefabricated there is nothing fancy about this place at all Oh, yeah, this is definitely, like, real rudimentary military. I mean, I guess what you'd expect, too, like, a strict militarily ran operation. Love this little action bit. Now, what are those things they're shooting? Are those, like, cameras, basically? Yeah. Cameras, uh, I think cameras, yeah. locks. Door Mics, thing, maybe? Like, microphones, uh -huh. yeah. They can... Yeah, I mean, one of them's. I mean, hey, that's another thing we found. We find out what like door locks look like in Star Wars because Luke and Leia shoot the one. Huh. Huh. No matter what game it is, like Lego, um, any of the uh, any of the um, Battlefront games, like I just love exploring the Death Star missions because they you know all these games put so many easter eggs like like the even the the uh the battlefront game you know you can fall down the trash compactor to the trash compactor and it, and it kills you oh yeah huh. that's one of the best delivered piece of dialogue just the whole going back for the boring conversation anyway yep. you gotta wonder <laughs> if like harrison ford like just ad-libbed that on the go or something Oh, I'm this, sure there this was. This movie's got um, good humor in it. Aren't you a little short for, to be a stormtrooper? I mean, that's, yeah. See, but that's good Star Wars humor, in my right. opinion. I agree. And and I really like the fact, you know, Luke saying Ben Kenobi, all this stuff. Like, we're going to see, like, how the heck did, you know, I mean, we may see potentially um, if Luke I mean, if Obi-Wan bumps into, like, Bale and Leia, well, you may eventually see that connect in Kenobi or something, or maybe even Andor, potentially, like, why... Like, why why was Bale such good buddies with him? I mean, in Rogue One, he literally says to go see his friend or something, doesn't he? Or, like, his Jedi friend? Hmm. 
Well, I think I think in the Clone Wars they kind of established that a little bit, and even like at the end of Revenge of the Sith when he's the one that's. Oh yeah, that's true. Because it's him, Yoda, yeah. and and Obi Wan. Yeah, that's that's right. actually a good point. I didn't even think about yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they he, they kind of had to keep in touch over those twenty years because of the kids. Oh yeah, that yeah, very good point there. One thing I've liked consistently throughout this movie, by the way, is like, you know, the shooting causing like smokiness. Oh yeah. Like I, I've liked that from the start, like just from you know even the um, latest ship getting invaded. Like I've always, I've always appreciated that. Like that's a nice touch to the movie. Yeah, it's like okay, that's really deadly fire, right? It just. Yeah. I haven't noticed this much until you just set it out. It's just so hot to cause that kind of smoke immediately. Damn. Yeah. And 3PO looking all jacked up. Yeah, he's yeah. so just tarnished. I always wonder, like, what's at the end of that hall? You know, like, it just seems like almost on... It just goes on forever, almost. I would assume just more cells. Maybe just, like, a dead end. Huh. I wonder what other... I wonder if, um, I don't know, in, like, Canada at all, Chris, do they... Is there any other, like criminals or anything like like anybody like in the books that are like locked up here Nah, not that i've come across yet mm. so i figure like that's what i was talking about earlier it's like i wonder how many times like the imperials have to like worry about infiltrators right. or people breaking out yeah Yeah, that hall does really look endless, actually, now that you point that out. <laughs> that was always a fascination of mine with Star Wars. Like, what's happening over there in the back of that place? Or what's going on over here? You know, it just... They do such a great job with the environment. It, like, begs to ask those questions. Right. This scene always made me laugh when I was a kid. Always. I don't, it's... Chewie makes me laugh in this scene because what he, I don't know if you guys notice what he does. Like you're out here trying to escape the um, the trash compactor and he's just banging on the door. Yep. Mm -hmm. I'm like, come on, Chewie, that's not helping nobody. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Oh man. See, this would bug me out. Ugh. I feel like there's more audio that I haven't heard before, but it also could be because I'm actually wearing headphones, which I don't usually do watching movies like this. Yeah. Again, you Man, know, I've Milton. watched this movie 50 times, and there's still stuff I'm picking up that I didn't notice before. Oh, yeah. Man, Milton, I don't know about you. You, you kind of semi-mentioned it, but, man, if I fell in that garbage compactor, I'd be about done just with how nasty it looks <laughs> like. It'd be over. Yeah, I'd be done. Like I, I would ugh, trifling. And then yeah, if, uh, do, do you guys remember those old like micro machines, like little play sets that were like the the yep. helmet or the mm -hmm. face of a character, and you like open it up, and it's like a little play set inside. Yep. Yeah, 
I think there's one with that. I think I have the one that's like Darth Vader's helmet, and they have like a whole little area with this, and it, it's like a little mini die, and then we get a head that pops up, which is, I remember being obsessed with that thing. Yeah. Oh, those micro-machines are classics. Yep, Chewie's just like, get me out of here. Yeah, makes no sense. <laughs> <laughs> And it is really cool. I, like, I love the pacing of this movie. Like, you go from that high-flying pace to, like, basically dead stop. I mean, we're dead stop with the characters, you know? All right. I'm like, what could be worse? And then, like, all of a sudden, start, oh, this would be the worst. Oh, this would be a horrible way to go out. Yeah, Chewie, you're not ho yep. Come on, man. That's crazy. And then I just love how Luke just going crazy, like three of you, shut up and listen. Mm-hmm. I forgot that they were looking for them. Yeah. Okay, 3PO. Thinking on the fly. Hey, it adds more to the thing to like Chris saying, you know, how sentient like the droids have become. Mm -hmm. Like thinking like that on the fly. Gosh, so much of this like technological stuff, it's just like you look at it and like, gosh, I wish we had this stuff in real life. <laughs> You're not wrong, man. Like, I'm look, you give me a Millennium Falcon, we're good. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Ugh. Now why is she trying to climb on top? I mean, we didn't we didn't see a visible top to this dumpster or no, thing yeah maybe. i'm like why would she try to climb on top it's not gonna you're not going anywhere unless she they were trying to get back to the hole but i don't know oh so that pull that they're trying to brace that with is from the nabu starfighter that they put on the mandalorian ship right yeah that's from the mando ship <laughs> actually <laughs> I like the music track at this point. It's just a very suspenseful, like, what's going to happen? Oh, yeah. See, this, this is how I'm going, okay, uh, where's this Jedi religion thing coming into handy yep. right here? Like, like, come on now. Yeah, I'll be panicking too, man. Just oh, shut it all down. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love this part. They're dead. Nope. Yeah. Right. 
Curse my middle body. Since and those are such good, like those are nice little Star Wars moments that you know make everybody smile, and it's like, okay, this is mm-hmm. this is good. Now for this upcoming scene, well, he he does the whole like undo the tracker, which is cool. But have you guys seen the rendition of Obi Wan versus or Ben Kenobi versus Darth Vader? Oh yeah, on YouTube, dude. If they, honest to God. If they just splice that into this movie, it, this be a perfect movie, without question. Because that saber battle <laughs> is fire. Oh, oh yeah, my it's, gosh. it's incredible. So good. I watch it all the time. It's so dope. Oh, yeah. I just lo- I just watched that like last Thursday or Friday when I was on the treadmill. Mm. Yeah, you just splice that scene because this is where it starts. Because they, I think this is where. In their rendition, they actually play this footage of them getting out of the trash compactor and they splice in their uh, version of the fight. Yep. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's how it goes. I think it rolls into it. Yeah. I love this part, how powerful Leia is. Just like, I don't care if you're guys. I'm bossing you around now. We're getting the hell out of here. Right. Yeah. She means business, man. I mean, she's so much younger than like Han too. Han getting bossed yeah. around after being, you know, she's so experienced. So, and look how small she is too compared to everybody. She's tiny. Yeah. Well, I mean, think at this point. I mean, even in like real life, Carrie's like probably nineteen or so. Harrison's like thirty-two or so at this point. Is he really? 30, yeah, he's like thirty-two yeah, or thirty-three. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah, he's in his early thirties. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I think he, he was. I think he was almost 40 in the last crusade. Yeah. I think. That was late 80s. Yeah, so he'd be probably 32-ish or so. Yeah, this two troopers like, hey, what's going on? We're not really doing nothing, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, <laughs> stuff's about to happen, bro. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's got all these guys just hanging out. Yeah. Yeah, I never understood why he did this. Oh, when him and Chewie went. I just love them charging. And, and this part mm-hmm. right here. Like, this part is brand new in Special Edition. Like, yeah. you see, like, the TIE Fighters and, like, literally, like, a whole legion of Stormtroopers just standing there. Mm-hmm. Like, wrong way. Yeah, those are definitely the nice little added effects into this. Oh man, guys, we missed way earlier in the movie, or early in the Death Star sequence, when the we were just must have been talking and missed it. But when the uh, stormtrooper bonked his head on the door, I was thinking about that too. Oh. I think they took it out. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I, remember I, that I'm one. Not sure. If they I did. specifically remember seeing it very evident, and I remember hearing a noise before. I don't mm-hmm. know if they edited it out somehow. Mm. Is that the know. part where it is? With C-3PO hiding and they walk in, right? I I thought it was, but I'm not sure because... See, I don't know. It's it's so weird. Because the way they... You know, the way 
when Disney bought these movies, like, you know, they couldn't, like, edit edit them per se, like, adding scenes, cutting scenes. So maybe right. if that scene was cut out, because, like, the McClunky scene, you know, that was a George scene that was, like, recorded already. So, like, maybe maybe George's final edit, he might have cut that out. Like, I'm not sure, actually, now that you say that. Which is just, it's just hilarious. George Lucas had Greedo say McClunky in his final edit. (laughs) Like. Wait, George Lucas okayed that? Yeah, no, yeah. Oh, if you didn't know, yeah. All these updates that you see for these these movies, because like part of Lucas's deal with Disney for one through six was they couldn't like go in and change. Like they couldn't go out, for example, cut out the I'm your father. Like you couldn't, they can't go in and cut out any scene, like anything. Like the the final edits we got for these movies are the final edits, like period, yeah, end of story. Okay, and like they were Lucas Lucas's final cuts. So Lucas put in the McClunky thing after the special, the original special editions that came out because yeah. McClunky wasn't on the original ones. So just a fun little thing to think about. And Lucas's final final hurrah, he, he puts that in. <laughs> What I want to know is how Obi Wan like masks his presence to Vader after all you see all these years. Mm. Like, does I he mean, think he's dead at the end of the Kenobi series? See, that's what I'm. I've been wondering too. Is like, are we gonna get something in the Kenobi series? I don't even know. Like, what? I guess I'll have to. Like it. Just from that dialogue, they just had only a master of evil, Darth. Like, like Obi-Wan has given up any hope on him. Is that because it's, like, Revenge of the Sith? Or is that because the Obi-Wan series, he's saying that? And re- what is this speech in reference to about Darth Vader saying, you know, at one point I was learning, now I am the master? So I is think, he still think, the learner in, in the series? And he, and I'm he thinking maybe they... He's the master? Right. I think, like, I think I said it before, they have to... The audience and the Inquisitor is gonna have to feel like Obi Wan is dead. Well, we'll, we'll know he's not, but they'll they'll have to convince the, the Inquisitors and Vader that, that he died. Yeah, because and, Inquisitors and are still them. around and Rebels, so why wouldn't yeah. they still go after him if he was alive? Right. Yeah, I, I could see Obi Wan somehow manipulating just to make him seem like he's dead. Yeah. Oh yeah. Maybe. Perfect. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe if they're fighting, maybe have like a building type collapse, like something like how Ahsoka and Vader had in Rebels, like maybe have something collapse and Vader just assumes he's he's dead yeah. or something. Right. I'm guessing. See, and the funny thing is like, you know, me mentioning earlier Obi-Wan's lightsaber, I feel like obviously Vader was overpowering in this in this sequence, but Still, uh, I was like, man, is Obi-Wan's lightsaber not as powerful? I don't know. It was just a running little, little theory. All right. I had one of those. Um, so, you know, I was talking about some of our old toys from back in the day. I had like a, a place. I think it was from the Power of the Force line or something. Or one of the lines back then. But it literally was like Luke and Han in the foreground. And then there was like a Vader and... Obi-Wan figure attached to the stand in the background where you could move them back and forth like they were fighting in the background. I remember that toy. Yep. Yep. Wow. (laughs) 
The crazy thing Definitely. is about that whole that whole yeah, that was a great shot. The crazy thing is about that whole sequence um is the fact that like, you know, in a certain point of view, like Obi-Wan actually felt pain there like, yeah. you know, it wasn't it wasn't just a, you know, turn into a ghost like it was like, you know, Obi-Wan like literally feels like extreme pain in that moment. Wait, what happens? Like when he when he gets killed or, you know, quote unquote killed here and turn, you know, turns into a ghost, like he uh like he actually feels it. Like he feels like immense pain and stuff. He just doesn't disappear actually. He actually feels the blow basically. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, just a fun little thing just to keep in mind when you're watching that. Do they, do they talk about his whole like experience being a force ghost? Um, yeah, because that transitions yep. into more of him talking with Qui Gon more. Okay, I need to hear more. Yeah, I, I mean that's that's go on, Chris. I mean, that's like anything. Like you think about morbid stuff like death and death by accidents, right? Stuff like that. It's like, how much does it hurt before you die? And it's like that's exactly what Ben Kenobi's talking about as he passes into yeah. the into the cosmic force. Yeah, and and Qui Gon was, you know, pretty much having the conversation like, you know, hey, you know, this is temporary type deal, like, you know, and you're passing on to like using the cosmic force. And but it's really let's talk about this because this just dawned on me. I'm thinking about okay, the manner in which he died, right? The manner in which the Jedi are dying, and I've never thought about this before. It's pretty cool. So you have yeah. Ben Kenobi, he was ready to die. He, like, left his guard open specifically to die. You have Yoda, who died in Return of the Jedi, was content with the long life he lived, was ready for mm -hmm. the Force to take him. But then you have other Jedi, like, plenty of other Jedi that die, that their bodies remain, that they don't just disappear. Well, like Qui-Gon oh, Jinn, for instance, right? So, so you look at, like, Yoda, you look at Obi-Wan, and they turned into Force ghosts because they knew how to use that power. At that point, they learned oh, how yeah. to use the power. They knew how, at that moment, they have to pass their souls into the cosmic force because you have yep. the living force, which is everybody. Like when you're when you're a force user, you're using like the living force and stuff. But then the cosmic force is what everybody turns into in the end. So that thought just dawned yep. on me, like, oh, that's kind of cool how that worked out. Like, yeah, I differentiate, yep. like, like Qui Gon died right there um, in, in Phantom Menace, but well, his body was still around. Yeah. I mean, think, you know, they the the only reason like Obi-Wan and Yoda discovered it is through Qui-Gon. Like, well, doesn't uh if I say Yoda learned it, I think in Clone Wars they discussed this. Yeah. Then he goes yeah, well, to the, he, he meets the Wills. Yep, he meets the Wills and or, and then um you know, and then even in Revenge of the Sith, I mean, Yoda literally says like you have more training. Yeah. This scene's always been dope to me. I don't know. I, I'm really, really hoping we get Qui-Gon in the Obi-Wan series. Like, I really hope we get that. I think we're going to get that, like, the first or second episode. Yep. I, I mean, we'll, we'll get into all those theories, like, next week. But, yeah, I, I agree. I, I hope, I, I think we'll get him for at least one, or maybe it'll, like, you, I, I'm sure you guys could maybe see it, like, this way. Maybe, maybe Obi-Wan is talking to him about his regrets and then maybe by the conclusion of the series he's like having hope talking to Qui-Gon or something you know what I mean something like something I mean I know it sounds cliche but cliche like that no that makes sense 
I mean, hey, it's a good cliche if we get Liam Neeson. Fire. <laughs> See, there's Hansler yeah. being so full of himself, he could have prevented the whole matter if he would have just said, okay, let's park the ship somewhere else and get rid of the tracker and then go. <laughs> right. He's like, I just want that money. I love the I love in the family guy Star Wars Leia's like Well Luke, I'm sorry. I'm sorry you're so sad over the person you met three days ago. That's crazy. Like, yeah. <laughs> this is it's a good point though. <laughs> Wait, say I got he didn't know Obi Wan for three days. No, I know, but I'm saying like the context of like Family Guy, just make, poking fun at it. Um, you know, just oh, just seeing okay. it like say this this movie wise, like you know, just poking fun at it. Luke's like, nope, you're not trying to get at it, bro. <laughs> huh. You having four? Yeah, now see, this is new. This yep. is a new shot right here. I love it. Going under the planet. Oh, yeah. That's neat. Yeah, these new shots are so cool. Yeah, because like I remember the, these. Um, the sky used to be red. Yep. Wait, what? Yeah, I think in the original, the original cut, the sky was red. It wasn't blue, yeah. was it? No, it it was like red, almost like it was either sunset. I would guess you would say it was like really red looking. Yeah. Wow. Really okay. like, yeah. I want to know more about these Masasi temples, man. Because um, in the legends, like there is like the Sith, like Nagasato, and I think um, maybe Exar Kun and stuff from like the Old Republic, like. Yep. This was their area, and we were talking last week about Tales of the Jedi, so I'm like, ooh, I hope, I hope that they delve into stuff like this. The Rebels are positioned hey, on an old I mean, Sith world. Hey, there right. you go, Chris. Have a, have a mini-series, six-episode Doctor after a mini-series, like, looking into this stuff. Oh, well, do you realize that Doctor Aphra actually went to Yavin 4 in, like, the oh, first or she? second issue? Yeah. Oh, I, did, I, did, I guess... It's really cool. So, so she goes back there, and the Imperials like immediately had taken over the base, but the Rebels escaped before they got there. So she's like infiltrating yeah. the same great temple. Right. Oh, that's like, cool, actually. Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. I've always said her character would be one of the best like comic slash book characters in Star Wars that are not like mainstream like Thrawn or people like that to get some type of a series or something. She'd be oh, good no for, for like a um, an animated series, especially. I feel like she has like that Harley oh, yeah. Quinn esque humor that could work yeah. really well. That'd be like the first like rated R Star Wars or something. <laughs> hey, there we go. Because that Harley, that Harley Quinn cartoon is funny. Oh yeah, it's it's good stuff. Now the technology here always makes me laugh, but I like it though. Like, just the plans of the Death Star is like, come on. Because then you look at the one in Revenge or Return of the Jedi, significant uh, improvement. Yeah, it's only like a five-year yeah. difference. 
But again, this is yeah. the thing with the rebels, right? At this point, the rebels were not well funded. I guess you could say, Absolutely. like, okay, Which... they're just they're yeah. just getting by with whatever whatever leftover tech that they can get their hands on. And then by Return of the Jedi, they're a little bit more organized. Yeah. Which that's why it makes sense. It's perfect how they have it, you know. Oh yeah. Now, I believe in this upcoming scene when Luke is about to get his X-Wing, I think in the deleted scene, the commander mentions that he knew his father. He's like, I remember your father, uh, yep. Anakin um, or whatever, but they cut it out. Oh, uh, what's his name? The yeah. yeah, the main Red Leader. Yeah, Red Leader literally said he, like, I it's like with a, your dad. Yeah, like a almost a minute-long conversation. Like, yeah, he literally like, says, I flew like, with I flew your dad with your or father. something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Look at Han Solo just getting his money and being out. Well, it, it's wild, too, because that was literally like a fully shot out scene. It wasn't, you know, there was no, it, you could put it back in the mood. Like, you know, it's yeah. not like it's missing special effects or anything. Like, it was a straight up cut shot where he was telling Luke he flew, you know, knew his father back in the war or whatever. Yeah. But but maybe maybe the context of who his dad was wasn't clear yet. So. Yep. Well, see, that's what I always wonder. I mean, this is a totally... I mean, I guess it's related to this, but like, I wonder when George decided it to be Luke's Vader to be Luke's father, just because when the Obi-Wan's conversation with Luke, you know, was like Vader hunted down and killed your father, you know, after, all this stuff. After the, A New Hope, yeah, they, he didn't know when this movie was made, yeah. yeah. So see, that, that makes sense for our scene we just talked about, Milton, so he probably had Luke's dad just being a pilot, or being the guy who got Killed, murdered by Vader. Because see, I right? know how no. successful it would be. And once the movie was super successful, yeah. it's like, okay, we need a sequel. Yeah, and how do you how do you exactly. make a big twist? Oh, you know, he's the son of the villain. <laughs> right. I know one thing for sure. When I saw Empire back then, I was like, then what happened to Luke's mom? <laughs> That's a good question. No one really knew about her. Yeah. Now that's yeah, that's the red leader, correct? Did, did was he in um Rogue One? Yeah. Yeah, red leader. Yeah, he's the main guy, the main one of the main red um, leader, a gold leader was there, right? Yeah. I, I think they both were in, in the fight in Rogue One, weren't they? I think there was like unused footage that they used to shoot those pilots. Yeah, yeah, re yeah, yeah. It was unused footage for um for those X-wing pilots. They found it like Lucasfilm's archives or whatever. Mm -hmm. Which that also makes me wonder. It's like, man, how much unused footage I would love to see they have there. Right. Hmm. This whole entire like dog battle or say space battle is a significant improvement from the original like you know cut. Like this, this needed to happen. Yeah, oh, for sure. I, I feel like most of the work in the special editions probably went on this first movie. Mm -hmm. Empire doesn't really have a whole lot of stuff. Return right. of the Jedi does have like entire sequences that are new. 
Um, yeah. But this definitely needed the improvement, like Milton was saying. Like, they were, you know, hindered by the time. But they can go back and add stuff. Mm-hmm. New scene right here. Oh. I like the X-Wings taking off. Yep. There you go. I forgot about that scene, actually. I guess that was just a little blink-and-you-miss-it type thing. Right. Yeah, this is all new. Love it. That's so good. That's the scene right there. I freaking love that scene. Little did we know that Red 5, he's replacing the guy that was lost on the Battle of Scarif. <laughs> oh, yeah, that that's such a good, like, I'm so glad. I was a little nervous when, you know, going, in, going into Rogue One. Like, I was like, man. Or, or once we got to the X-Wing sequence, I was like, I, I wonder what they're going to do with Red 5. And they answered that really quickly. <laughs> Gosh, I'll always say it. Wedge is one of the most underrated characters in Star Wars, I think. I agree. He wasn't used enough. Yeah. I, I like, really in, in, the like... in the films, he wasn't used enough. Yeah, they used oh, a lot 100%. of books. Like, Oh, yeah, books and everything. He's been expanded really well. But, man, I would have loved to have seen him be with, like, I mean, I guess I guess he's a pilot, so who knows what his skill set would be. But I would have loved to have seen him more as, like, you know, being included on the ground in the Battle of Endor with Han and them. Like, I don't know, or just uh, or something. Like, just even on Empire Strikes Back a little more. Like, just, just right. they sh I wish they would have used him more. Oh, you're not wrong. Dennis, like, absolutely. Because Dennis Lawson plays him great. That was one of my favorite cameos for episode nine too. I God, I love seeing him back. <laughs> Porkins, like no matter what, was... like the. Go ahead. Oh no! Go ahead. No, no matter what, the, the Death Star Trench Run levels on any Star Wars video game are always the best. Like, I could play a hundred of them, but I've, I always get excited to play them, even in the Lego Star Wars game. Like, I'm having a blast doing a trench run right now. Oh, for You're sure. You're not wrong. No, what, I love it. What? what yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. What I was going to say was, man, so, like, when they're shooting the trench run and stuff, that's, like, blowing up inside your, your, your base, inside your ship. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, I don't know, that's... God, what a design. This is why I wish they make, like, a like a, an actual, like, video game. I know, they, I know they made Star Wars Lego that you guys are playing right now, but, like, give me, like, an actual, like, Star Wars game that I would play. Like Revenge of the Sith. Yes, like, if they gave me, like, a nine-episode one, like, like, Revenge of the Sith or Force Awakens, or Force Awakens, Force Unleashed... And so I can do these type of scenes? Oh, my God. That'd be dope. Uh, well, I, I mean, I'm sure you guys remember from the uh, us in the late 90s growing up, like when you go to those arcades when we were kids. I was about to oh, say. Yeah. They had that X-Wing trench run. Yes. Like, you know, yeah. they had those. They, oh, there's yeah. one that, 
Yeah, I told you about that one store near me. They have that game there. Yeah, dude. It's, it's, it's called Star Wars Arcade or something. Yeah, yeah, they have uh, the Star Wars like Hyperpod or something. It's at this annual party that we go to every every New York Comic Con, and the one New York Comic Con I went with like the Luke Skywalker orange jumpsuit cosplay that he's wearing, and I was literally piloting in that cockpit with the Luke Skywalker That's suit awesome. on, and it was like, and I won the game too, and it was like, but everybody's like, yeah, Luke Skywalker saved the galaxy. <laughs> That's so great. Yeah, those old arcade games back then they were classics. No, the, my favorite one of all these like flight games was definitely Rogue Squadron 2 Rogue Leader for the Nintendo GameCube. Mm-hmm. I remember going to the local Kmart because that was a demo level. Is this area here. Just to walk to Kmart just to play the damn demo station like every other day. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Because at the time, the graphics were like lifelike. So I was like, oh my god, I'm in Star Wars. Fly through the territory. Oh, yeah. They really make it believable with the way those those fighters are flying. Like the guy's like jumping up in his seat, like he's got the turbulence, you know. Mm. Oh yeah. Yeah, it just I don't know. These, these graphics still hold up, dude. It's so fire. I I really hope that we get this Rogue Squadron movie because I could really dig like an entire movie like this, you know. Mm. Oh yeah. We only get twenty minutes of this. Imagine like an entire two-hour movie of most of this kind of thing. I mean, imagine making it like honestly. If if wouldn't this be a cool, cool idea if they just combine like Top Gun and Star Wars for 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 their yeah. for their Rogue Squadron type? I mean, you can't get away with that. And and I keep saying for that movie, Milton, like man, if you do something like that, bring in Dennis Lawson as the general and have him send the younger main lead pilots on missions. Yeah, like mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, that would be amazing. Like why? Like why? I mean, he was already back for episode nine. Bring him back. Let him be. Obviously, he lived. So bring him back. Let him. Let him be like the, um, like that old bearded guy we see in the room with Leia. Um, uh, well, they could do a post. The plans. They like, could do a mm-hmm. post. The rise of Skywalker. Have him as the commander. Have Poe Dameron yeah, as like uh, the hotshot pilot, who's like the 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 leader of the actual squad. There you go. That's all you need. Yeah. Easy. Easy enough. Like again, top I, I just. Yeah, exactly. Top like, Gun. You you did do Top Gun one movie with Rose Squadron, Chris. You got your film or your show. Yeah, which is why I'm like, why are they having a hard time? I, I don't making a movie is not easy, but it seems like we're just making it seem easy right now. Like I don't know why they yeah. would have trouble with Patty Jenkins. I don't get it. it. Like I mean, I, I I know there's issues, there's drama in Hollywood, but come on, man, like. Nah, we're we're making this movie. We know the fans See want this. See cr- where creative differences. <laughs> yeah. All right, Kathleen. All right. Well, like I say, if they don't announce it, if they don't give us an update um three weeks from now at a celebration, then we know it's not happening. <laughs> if they don't oh, say anything about Rogue Scotch, I was like, okay, that movie's not what happened. That's no. Just a few seconds. Just let him come out and just drop a bombshell movie. Hey, um, Taiga Wadi's doing a Dash Rendar movie, Chris. Fire. There you go. You're going to have to be like, oh, God, we got to call Chris. We got to see if he's if he's still alive. He might have had a heart yeah, attack so we, there. We have to make sure he's still alive. 
<laughs> let's go call him. Let's see if he's okay. Oh, man. <laughs> and he missed. Come on, dude. I <laughs> know. That sucks. Yeah, no, if, so if, if they if, if they announced Dash Rendar in a, like a Luke Skywalker like miniseries, oh my god, I'd lose my shit. <laughs> that would be man, man see we're we're just coming up with too many good ideas. Like I mean the yeah. precedent is already there. I mean Prince Caesar's been name dropped in freaking Crimson Rain issue number one or, or two. Yeah. Uh so it's like all right. We got one of the characters, bring in the other character, and we're going to just make a freaking Shadows of the Empire adaptation. There you go. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Make it like, oh, yeah. I mean, I... make it like basically the Rogue, as Rogue One is to a New Hope, you make Shadows of the Empire as it is the Empire, right? You just like go right into the movie. Like you, you end I mean, off I mean... where like Cal Rizian is talking to, they put out this really good artwork um, earlier with the Star Wars Celebration official channels and they have all this great artwork. One of the original art pieces is a great print of Chewbacca, of Lando in a skiff gear, and Leia, like, before she got into the costume of Boosh, like, on, on the Falcon, looking at, like, a hologram of, like, Jabba's palace, like, planning their, like, right. breakout of Han Solo. I'm like, that's how you would end the movie. You would, like, end, like, them planning yeah. it. And then you pick up with C-3PO walking up, and it's like, hey... It worked for Rogue One pretty well. That movie made a lot of money. It's the people's favorite Star Wars movie of the last Empire. Disney era. So it's like, do it with the Shadows of the Empire. Right, oh, right, right. It, it, it'd be fire. I mean, I mean that would be... And, and I really, you know, not to like totally rewind to the Outrider in this movie, but let's be real. George Lucas, put they put that in there because that is the Outrider because that was the hype of Shadows of the Empire back then. Like, that is 100% probably meant to be dash rendar's ship like i mean i i don't know i just feel like it has to be we got chris forsyth in the chat like he trains his Hello. father lol what's up guys just got back from the game how did it go i'm guessing nice. you won trivia man <laughs> nice and if you if you didn't win i'll be disappointed in you <laughs> Use the force, Luke. Here we go. Oh, I have the yeah, toy man, of, of Darth Vader's tie advance. It's so fun because like the wings same. pop off. Mm. Press the button. Oh, the same here. Off. Yep. I have that one. So I, I got that one as a as a present back back in the day, and from like my grandma and then like my parents got me it was luke's x-wing and it was like where you if you would pull back on a lever like next to r2 it would like turn r2's head and then it would turn luke's head then you'd hear obi-wan talk and like you know it was literally like a, a fully like capable like little electronic actually not little you know a full big big electronic x-wing that's kind of dope oh yeah it, it was so cool and the best part is, like, if you'd, like, tap Artu's head, he would make, like, the squealing noise, like, when he gets shot Whoa. on this. Was that a Power yeah. of the Force was... X-Wing? Yep, that's exactly what it was, I'm, I'm pretty sure. I was always uh, envious of my friend had one of them, and they're just... I remember how big that thing was, especially as a kid, yeah. like, your hands are so small. To, like, pick up the X-Wing, yeah. it was, like, freaking felt like it was three feet long or something. It was... <laughs> 
Yeah. Pig. <laughs> Yahoo! I love the shot of that falcon with that sun, like yeah, it's like a lens flare type of effect. It looks so sick. Oh yeah. Now pull this thing, kid, and go home. I love that line. Yeah, that sound effects for this is so dope. Oh, it oh yeah, really is. so that, that, that's a it's a good shot. We got to talk about next week about the the Apple put out a Lucasfilm little sixteen minute video about the sound design for Star really? Wars, and it's just real quick, but it it's pretty impactful. Like after watching that, oh cool, you you really get a good idea of. They literally use like for one scene they could use like a thousand different tracks of sound effects. It's insane. Mm. For like Revenge of the Sith, they did like the Order sixty six sequence and it was like insane. They would take like layers of sound out, and it would be like, whoa! I didn't realize like how much sound is in this actual shot. Mm. So um, interesting. We'll definitely talk about that in in the Boba Fett documentary, which had some really awesome stuff I seen in there as well. Interesting. Yeah, we'll definitely check it out. It's just such a good feeling at the end of this movie, right? Like, you just blew up the Death Star, you conquered evil. Darth Vader might still be out there, but the Rebels saved the day. Yeah. Mm. Well, for all we know, Vader's basically the only... Like, if you watch this movie straight up, Vader's pretty much the only bad guy left in the whole galaxy. So it's like, oh, what's he going to do? And, I mean, you even mentioned it to start the, the... the commentary melt like you were like hey this is like you know out of all the star wars movies this is the perfect beginning and ending to a yep. movie oh well, uh, okay so yeah that, i mean this is it, this song man oh man is this gonna get you hyped up mm. i love this i love this chamber this i kind of wish they would have kept this base around more because this is a dope chamber it's a dope base for these people and how like all the different ranks mm-hmm. you get to see it um, I love that yellow jacket that Luke's wearing. I'll, I'm going to be wearing that same costume in three weeks. Yeah. I've always liked That's that great. one. That Uni's that, fire. I yeah. want to get the Han Solo jacket from Empire from Empire Strikes Back. The uh, the yeah. blue one that he wears. Dude, you know, that's like $400 to get. Wait, like, oh, what? It's, it's like a $400 jacket. If you Wait, get, which like, one? Nice the blue one that he wears when he's inside Echo Base. The coat? Before... before not the coat. It's the blue thin jacket. Oh, how the heck is that thing worth $400? I don't know. Listen, yeah. I you could get just a similar looking one. And, and... Oh, I say, I, I can buy two pairs of Jordans for $400. Okay. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, this was really implied like it was done. Like, you know, this is the only movie. Not a yeah, single this was, line of dialogue. It's just all music. And a little bit yeah. of sound effects. <laughs> there we go. That's a wrap on A New Hope. Yep. Such a great movie. Written and directed by George Lucas. Gary Kurtz yeah. produced it. So Gary Kurtz produced the first two. And I believe uh, Howard Kazanjian, he produced the last one. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's. I think that sounds correct, right? 
Yeah. Yep. We we got Chris saying in chat it was the Phillies game, Star Wars night, but we lost. Still got the giveaway, which is a hat, a personal pick, and I got Kenobi posters for days, so hit me up if you want one. Okay. Yeah. Nice, nice. <laughs> and he's like, he's seen the same jacket for $200. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, he, he can, uh, wait, 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 wait. He knows where to get the jacket at? <laughs> yeah, he said he could get it for $200 or something. That's what's send up. It, send a link Milton's way. <laughs> please, please send a link. You can you can send it to me on Instagram or Twitter. I don't care. <laughs> I mean, Chris, Chris, you, you can put my Chris, you, you can put my Instagram handle in the chat. I don't even care. Cause I'm, I probably I probably been more active on Instagram, obviously. So like, it's you're gonna have to tell yeah. me what it is, man, because I'm never on Instagram. It's it's Mil it's Milton Seven Weber. It's Milton, the number seven Weber. Like. Yeah, Chris. If uh, Chris, if you got that link, you can you can send it to me. I don't care. Cause that, that'd be fire. He says he's got you. <laughs> yeah. So I, I want to check out this jacket because that jacket is so dope, man. Like literally, that blue jacket oh, yeah. is so fire. Well, I have the coat that he wears when he's out on Hoff. Like I I I didn't buy the coat he has, but I just randomly yeah. just happened to cross the same like hooded like coat. That I wear out when it's snowing, right. and every time it's like that, yeah. I'm always like, I'm out here like Han Solo and off, like digging. Oh, I know that's. Oh, well, we we just said that like two weeks ago. We were talking about like how when it snows outside, Dude. we all feel like oh, it's hot. Feels like hoth. Oh yeah, like, that's, like that, that's that, that's one thing. Like with me, like don't get me wrong, I I don't like the snow or any of that stuff, but um, but one of the best parts about it when it's you know that cold out is I love busting out the park I have because it's literally just like a black parka and it has like the fur, the hood yep. and you know, all yep. that stuff. And it's, you know, it's like, man, I like, I feel like Luke and Han out here and like the rebels, like on Hoth, it's, it's always such a, such a nice feeling being a star Wars fan. When, when the winter comes like that. <laughs> right. Oh man. But yeah, there we go. I mean, it, it was great that we were able to do this on May the 4th. I feel like that's one hell of a way to go out swinging as we get near the uh, midnight hour here on the East coast. So Got this yeah. one just in time, and well, you know what tomorrow is, everybody. Revenge of the Fifth. Um, Facts. And, and Halo Day. <laughs> oh, yeah. Got to watch a new episode of Halo. I think we got like two or three episodes <laughs> left of that series. And, oh, Doctor Strange and a Multiverse of Madness. I'm seeing that tomorrow night. So, uh, you know, I, I, still haven't, I still haven't watched Halo yet. I, I need to, and I still haven't. I watched the first episode of uh, Moon Knight. It's a weird show to me. Is is it good? I'm. I I think Chris is really liking it. To me, I I can't lie, Chris. I, here we go. Um, Outer Rim Trans Transmission Moon Knight Edition. Um, me yeah. the first the first two three episodes were good, but but I can't lie. Like the show, like for me not being like mega into the comics of like Marvel and stuff. Like to me, it's almost starting to become like kind of a chore to watch it because it's like, oh man, it feels like it's really dragging. But I'm gonna watch, of course, the finale. Right. Uh, probably tonight or tomorrow, but it like the last three episodes, it just felt like it's like, man, get to the point. Like, but uh, that's just me. Yeah, I, I, I've gotten that because that's for a lot of people. Even my coworkers kind of said the same thing. I was on board all the way till the end, and um, mm, I was satisfied yeah. with the with the conclusion. I'll tell you that much. I was I was actually pleasantly satisfied with it. Okay. Yeah. See, I'll, Chris I'll, I'll check it, it out good. eventually. Chris, Chris yeah, I'll, I'll watch it eventually. Now that all six are out, I'll try to power through it in a day or two. 
Mm-hmm. There you go. But yeah, as for us, for the next couple of weeks, we're going to do, I think we got two episodes left, if I'm doing my calculations correctly here. Yeah, we basically have two episodes yeah. left until uh, I go away for celebration. So the next two episodes, uh, we'll just be breaking down some news and, and talking more about a preview for celebration the week before. Um, so for everybody that wants to find out that is not already subscribed, go ahead and subscribe to the channel. That way you'll get notified if you hit that notification bell icon for when the videos go up. Um, you can also go ahead and subscribe to us on a podcast feed. We would like to always have more listeners over there. You can listen to us on pretty much any kind of podcast platform you prefer, whether it be Spotify, Apple, or Google, and more. As far as my channel, I've been playing through and enjoying the heck out of it. Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga. I have a couple more episodes left, but I have an entire playlist of all the previous entries in the saga that I've completed through far, uh, through so far. Um, besides that, I have my comic book reviews. I have a reaction to the Obi-Wan Kenobi trailer, which we will be breaking down in a lot more detail next week as well. So that's what's up with me. I'm going to throw it over to Milton. you have anything, any last words to say about any of your May the 4th and uh, what you'll be talking about later in the week, maybe? I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I mean, look, I, th I think May the 4th is always a special day for Star Wars fans, just fans in general. It's always nice just to reminisce and talk about your experience with Star Wars. Obviously, tomorrow's Revenge of the Fifth, so I'm sure I'll probably post a meme or two about it. Um, honestly, all my life has been lately. The last couple months, weeks have been a lot of my work uh, and obviously my, my workout videos I post on Instagram. So my focus right now has been working out crazy in the morning at like 4 in the morning. This won't happen tomorrow because I'll be working out in the evening because of me being late tonight. But um, but then, yeah, like I said, I work a lot, too. So um, I always try to incorporate some type of Star Wars throughout my daily week, no matter what I'm doing. But, yeah, I am. Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's Milton Weber seven. Or as I put in the chat for Instagram, it's Milton, the number seven Weber. There you go. And Ben. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty much doing a lot of the same thing as you, Milton, you know, a lot of a lot of fitness and working out and. Mm -hmm. Talking Star Wars, of course, with everybody, that's always a always a great thing in this uh, no man's land that is not the NFL season. So, uh, mm -hmm. so yeah, that's pretty much all I'm up to as well, Star Wars and fitness. So, you know, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter. Both, it's the same handle, just at RealBenMaynard. There you go. So you can follow all of us. You can follow me at Star Raptor. Like I said, we'll be back to normal times going forward back on Friday's at 9 o'clock Eastern, so we hope that you guys can join us live next week. With that being said, once again, happy May the 4th. May the 4th be with you always. This was Outer Rim Transmission number 57 and Transmission. <laughs>